In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to your Friday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. How the heck is everybody doing? You made it through another week. Oh goodness, you have heard a lot from me this week. Thank you for thank you for being with me. Thanks for all your support. And we are coming at you with another big old episode with a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Plus, we are starting it off with a bang. Because we have a Beverly Hills housewife with us today. We have Crystal Kung Minkoff with us. Are you kidding me? She is alive and well and talking with us. I just did this interview yesterday, um, so it is fresh. I had not seen last night's Beverly Hills episode. I talked to her in the morning, and then the new episode came out that night. Um, So, uh, yeah, but they had already filmed the reunion, everything. So we'll get to her in a second. Uh, I'll talk about a couple of things real quick. Get to her, and then we'll do the Beverly Hills recap, and then we'll get to our weekend, right? Uh, A reminder, if you are a Patreon member, get your questions in. I'm going to be doing a QA and a episode over there. Um, So uh, get your questions in. If you like this podcast, please consider leaving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Especially, yeah, man, Spotify, uh, that's, yeah, (laughs) that's Spotify. I'm just going to keep saying Spotify. Anyways, reminder, the Grammys are this Sunday. That's going to be exciting. And listen, for all you people out there, uh, Billy Joel is going to be performing live, and he has his first new song released yesterday the first new song in 17 years and he's going to be performing that live at the grammys also legend joni mitchell is going to be performing at the grammys i tried to get tickets to uh joni mitchell announced two concerts at the hollywood bowl a couple days ago and i tried to get tickets today and i was like five thousandth in line into on Ticketmaster, and then i finally got in everything was sold out except like one ticket and the ticket was a thousand dollars and you know when you're like oh i love this person so much and then you get there and you're like well you know not that much <laughs> not a thousand dollars i mean god someday if man just to be rich and stu i'm already stupid with money but thank god i'm not rich um, so, uh, I'm really excited actually for the Grammys. Uh, we'll see Beyonce, we'll see Taylor. Taylor is not performing, but, uh, I believe SZA's is going to be performing Olivia Rodrigo. It's going to be so, I love things like that. I love award shows. I love good award shows. And so that's like the biggest night in music. So make sure you check that out this weekend. Um, a couple of other things. I'm on today's episode of Shenanigans or Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Uh, I'm back on there with uh, Kiki Monique, the talk of shame. Uh, and we recorded that yesterday, and that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, talked a lot about VPR and uh, Tom's on Nick Vile's podcast, and then a bunch of other pop culture and Bravo stuff. And it was really fun. That's actually really fun. And it is so, I'll always say it is so trippy to talk to Sheena or even poke fun at Sheena at Sheena's face. Like, it is so bizarre. She'd be like, what do you think of the episode? I'm like, you're in the episode. It's so weird. And then just, uh, it, it, it's it's truly bizarre. But I think it's actually a really good episode. So let me know what you guys think when and if you listen to that. Um, I, I actually just was really, really fun. And then today I did the Jeff Lewis live after show over at Sirius XM. What up chumps. That was really, really fun as well. And they made an exciting announcement. So, um, you know, radio Andy, I guess Jeff Lewis's show is on radio Andy. And then the Jeff Lewis after show is on Jeff's channel, channel seven, eight, nine. And they made the announcement today that starting next week, the, uh, after show, it's going to be called Jeff Lewis Extended, is going to be on directly on the same channel on Radio Andy on Channel 102 starting on Monday. And that's really, really exciting um, because that just means like a bigger audience out there and people get confused about switching over. But for all you Jeff Lewis fans out there, all of his back episodes will be on Channel 789, the Jeff Lewis channel. But it was... uh, it was really fun today. And then next week, I'm going on on Wednesday with Jamie Kennedy, and I've never been on with him before. So that should be really exciting. Uh, huge fan of Scream and him and Scream. So I'll probably, I'll probably cry. I'll probably geek out entirely. Who knows? Oh, you, got, you guys, I just posted this on my Instagram a couple hours ago, but uh, I was just talking about this with Kiki yesterday. We were talking about Wendy Williams. Now, Wendy Williams, if you are a pop culture lover, Wendy Williams is to me synonymous with pop culture. It's synonymous talking about pop culture, celebrities, and she did it with her own style. And ever since she has went away, the Wendy Williams show or even her radio show, there's been like a huge gap. You know, I feel like you really feel it. And sometimes when a lot of pop culture stuff is happening, you're like, man, I would love to hear Wendy Williams speak about this. You know, and the way she spoke to the audience, she was so direct and she engaged the audience and you felt like you were her friend. You felt like you were a part of that. You know, you felt like you were joking with somebody and she knew information and she gave it and she did it with style and just so funny. And, and just anyways. Lifetime is airing a two-part docu-series called Where is Wendy Where is Wendy Williams? It's going to be on February 24th and 25th, I believe. But the trailer, there's a 3-minute trailer I just put up on my Instagram that I found on The Sun's newspaper, and it is heartbreaking because it looks like Wendy Williams did participate in it. It looks like her family is involved in this, and I just hope that if you see the trailer, you'll know what I'm talking about. I just hope that uh, they have her best interests at heart doing this because already with the trailer, it looks like she's potentially in rough shape. And it was just, I was just talking yesterday, like, where is she? What's going on? And it doesn't look, uh, I just really hope she is okay. And I hope she has the right people around her. And I hope they all have her best interests. And it's not just people with hands out looking for money. And it's just so dark, too, because she always talked about celebrities in that, you know, like uh, of things like this happening with celebrities sometimes. And it's heartbreaking to think that um, that she is not doing well. But go check out that. I thought it was just... Uh, you know, I'll be watching, but at the same time, I just worry, you know, being a fan of these things, you also realize that sometimes it might not be the most helpful thing to actually get somebody on the right track, if that makes sense. Um, 
And yeah, anyway, so yeah, check that out. Also, tonight's episode of The Traders on Peacock. Oh my God, if you are not watching The Traders, I wish I could just do a, I should just do a whole separate The Traders podcast. Um, which by the way, you know, shit like that, that maybe that's not a, just do a spinoff so bad it's good, The Traders. But anyways, tonight's episode, I was a little worried after last week because it was good, but then, you know, uh, Tamara got voted off and we had like, and then they brought Kate Chastain in, which is awesome. But I got worried that I was like, is this show going to go downhill? And then tonight's episode was front to back. Fantastic. Whoever is producing that show. Like I thought the first season was good, but this season blows it out of the water. And I don't want to give any spoilers away, but what I will say is that I live in fear of Phaedra Park. I live in fear of upsetting Phaedra Parks. I never want her to be angry uh, at me, with me, anything. I will never write Phaedra's name down for anything. Um, I So unique. So, I mean, you can tell why, you know, you can tell that she was a lawyer. You can tell why she, I mean, just her looks, her reads, the way she, the way she communicates, the way she can take down somebody. She will never usually come for somebody, but if somebody comes for her, she will finish the fight and she will end them. And if you watch tonight's episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But also a special So Bad It's Good shout out goes out to Pilot Pete. Pete, who, uh, you know, was The Bachelor a while back, like five years ago, this pilot, Pete, this guy is more than just a pretty face. This guy, this guy put moves in motion tonight to find out who the traitors were, and it worked. This guy is not, he's, he's, he's got a brain in there. He's, he's not just a pretty face. He has a brain and he is using it. And it was so, and that's what I love. I, I, I kind of like this about Ultimate Girls Trip 2 is that it can take the form uh, and the characters that we're used to, put them in a different format, and then you get a new appreciation for them. If I was representing a reality star, I would be begging to get my client on that show. Begging. It is so good. Um, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers away because I know probably a lot of people haven't watched it yet and they save it for the weekend, but man, I think Sophie's coming back on on Monday and I know she's watching. So we will probably have to do a whole segment on the traders cause it is magnificent. Okay. Final news story I want to do is, okay. I've been talking about Justin Timberlake lately because he is trying to launch a new album. He's, and I use the word trying. He's trying to launch a new album. He just did a concert at Irving Plaza in New York, a one night stand concert. And it's, you know, it's supposed to be triumphant. It's kicking off his whole new album launch. He did SNL last week. His new song Selfish came out. And I did a new story on Monday that also Britney Spears, she had a 2011 track called Selfish as well from the Femme Fatale album. And her fans put that back on top and it beat, or it was like very, like it, it the chart positions kept changing, but she overtook Justin Timberlake's new Selfish track on the pop charts. Her stands did that. Now, I'm a fan, but I'm not like a fan where I'm like, for neither of them, uh, you know, where I'm going <laughs> streaming things for, I'm too, literally too busy. <laughs> and by the way, I will say I do try to listen to an album every day. Um, but what I've done, and I told you this last year, I, I went to Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time, and I have just been making my way through the top 500 albums of all time because I just want to hear. And I, I uh, last night I listened to uh, Luther Vandross's first album, and man, man, rest in peace, Luther Vandross. What a voice! 
what a voice. But I, it's like, it's crazy. I like, I did the Flying Burrito Brothers this week. If you, you know, God, them, Luther Vandross. I love all different styles of music. So it has been a real education, but I'm not there like, you know, streaming Nicki Minaj and streaming Megan the Stallion to try to win some sort of war. Anyways, Justin Timberlake, Irving Plaza the other night, he's about to sing a song. So he was about to sing Cry Me a River, which was written about Britney. We all remember it, right? But still an amazing song if you take out the Britney of it all. Um, so he was about to, to play this song at his concert. Now, remember, a couple days before, Britney Spears had put an Instagram post out with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake playing one of his songs and saying, listen, all is good. Uh, I love his new song. It was very it was very generous, actually, because it seemed like, you know, her fans were were really trying to back her up in regards to Justin Timberlake. But she said all good. So then Justin Timberlake, this doofus like, man, you've got to try to you got to try to work with us, Justin, if you want to come back a little bit right before his song. He says, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. And that ain't it, dude. That is not, I feel like this is, I mean, it's like, it's like if Tom Sandoval was successful in music, like this, this feels like something Tom Sandoval would do. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, dude? Brittany was saying everything's okay. You say, thank you so much. I'm sorry as well. I hope you are happy. Period. Congrats on your book, etc., etc. And this guy doubles down idiotically. Like, do, what do you think this is a game? Like, I mean, dude. And I, by the way, I know we are not privy to all of the information that went on behind closed doors in terms of their relationship. I know that. But you also have to understand, Mr. Timberlake, how this has all been perceived through the years on top of your history with Janet Jackson, etc., etc. And also, the thing is, because I do like Justin Timberlake's music. Sue me. I'm so sorry. But the thing is, you do come off so cocky. And I think you need to dial that back a little bit and show a little bit more of your sensitive side and show a little bit more empathy because we see how Brittany, how, how everything has gone for her and we see how everything has gone for you. And you've got to have some empathy for these situations and it's time it needs to start now. But anyways, so then this happens, and I guess it gets back to Britney. So then Britney, and I do, God, the, the back and forth, the Instagram, like all of this stuff, Megan the Stallion, Nicki Minaj. I don't even, like, I think I'm just at an age where I don't even know, I don't think this is fun, you know? I just get stressed out for everybody involved. So then she writes in an Instagram post, someone told me someone was talking shit about me on the streets, three exclamation points. Do you want to bring it to the court or will you go home crying to your mom like you did last time? Three question marks. I'm not sorry. Three exclamation points. And the picture had like a basketball hoop. Like, I think that's what she meant by the courts, not actual, you know, judge and jury courts. But who knows, you know, and then it was like a weird moon in the background. I, you know, the image neither here nor there. And I do sometimes question uh, and wonder what Brittany's process is uh, for going through Internet images. Her Google search, I would pay for. Um, so, so then she puts this out 
And is like, but also I just love it. Like the mean streets of Salt Lake City we talk about when we did the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recaps. I love when somebody says, I heard somebody was talking about me on the streets. Now, mind you, I think both of these uh, people live in gated communities. So the streets, the streets where both of these people live, it's different than the street. You know, it's, I love when they're just like, the streets are talking, you know, like, and also who is giving Brittany the information from the streets? I mean, she's right. I just always think it is interesting seen anybody that's made a million dollars when they're talking about the streets still uh listen um so anyways that's where we leave it now i'm hoping i'm hoping justin doesn't respond and if he does i hope he's like yo i'm totally sorry that was uh that was a dumb joke jimmy fallon put me up to it but like dude you are about to launch an album and a tour you need to dial it back like who is who is around you that is advising that's what it is too folks we study pop culture right You know, the people that listen to this show or like whatever you like, if you're listening to this show, you do love pop culture in some sense. And we've also grown up with it. Like this isn't it. The way these people seem to like be completely blind to actually what the actual streets are talking about. It befuddles me. I mean, these are, you know, people put millions of dollars into launching a new album and a tour. And like, you want to put your best foot forward. And I know it sounds crazy because he's got had like an insanely successful career, but you do have something to prove. You do have to like you do have something to prove. Let that drive like let that be your fire. Like let that drive you. Be hungry for that. Like the the not being sorry for anything. No, we should all be sorry for something. Are you kidding me? I wake up sorry. Oh, it's getting my heart rate all jazzed up. Anywho, uh, that's it in terms of pop culture. Let's get to our guests. Uh, She is fabulous. Now, remember, uh, you know, this is a really fun, awesome interview. It's really quick. It's like 22 minutes. Um, She was really generous to even give us that. That went through Bravo. And so we couldn't do a lot of spoiler heavy. And, it, you know, but it's still great because she's great. I hope you enjoy it. Um, And then directly after that, we will start uh, a recap of an amazing episode. This was such a fun episode. And yeah, man, it, it, Erica Jane. Woo, man, when she gets a little, a couple cocktailies in her, it is a different ballgame. Mass and a pass. That's mass. Mass and a pass. I mean, from Garcelle hitting on the chef and the chef's dad again. I mean, like, there's so many good moments in this and a lot of really sweet, tender-hearted moments that actually make you believe in the conceit of the show about female friendship. So, uh, without further ado, here she is, the one, the only, the lovely Crystal Kung Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, welcome back to So Bad It's Good presented by Betches Media. Today, I have one of my favorite people in Housewives. Like this is actually a really good person. I always call her the reliable narrator on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because you can trust what she's saying. And that's why I'm so frustrated when people seem to come for her on the show, off the show, and it is ridiculous. And listen, we can talk about all of her accomplishments. I mean, she is the creator with her brother of Life Refreshed Real Cocoa, which is one of the top-selling coconut waters of all time, which is insane. But I think she is just amazing, and she's always just been so good to me and this show. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Crystal Kung Minkoff, welcome back to the show. (laughs) Listen, I got to tell you, I haven't seen tonight's episode, but I am glad to see you because that means you are alive. You're still alive. I am still alive. I'm still kicking, barely. We saw the Spain trip and your blood pressure was going off the charts. So I am happy to see you in front of me. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, How is your, like you are in the off season now because we know they filmed the reunion last week. Um, You know, the off season, I figured you'd be like on a beach somewhere celebrating the intensity of getting through another season. I mean, I guess what was the experience like for you on season 13? Yeah, well, I am going to Mexico next week. And so I will be on a beach. There we go. There we go. Um, is turning nine and she said, mommy, can we do a mother daughter trip to Mexico? So I said, okay. Uh, so that's sort of <laughs> like my uh, reunion present to her and myself. Uh, but I did spend like a day in bed the next day after just to rest. It's, it is a lot. It's a lot mentally on the body. Um, yeah. But I definitely felt more in my skin this season. It's just hard. Like, I, I've said this before, and I'm sure I've said it to you. Like, I'm not used to being on TV. And, you know, unless it's something that, like, you've, you're trained to do or something, it's it's still uncomfortable no matter how long you've done it. But, you know, I always have Rob in my ear, like, relax, be yourself. And I just kept – the season was very intentional for me to just, like, not worry about – how is coming off just be myself and no and it was great and i love that further into the season we're actually seeing that come out as people come for you because it is interesting i i've spoken about this and i know we have a new cast member which by the way is it anna marie wiley or Anne marie wiley what is the correct way to say her name it's spelled Anne marie but she says it anna marie because she's dutch okay cool that's a great answer that clears that up um, we saw in last week's episode where, you know, the Sutton with the dainty esophagus, we're getting off of that, thankfully. But then we see this point in Spain where it seems like she turns her attention to you. And I always wonder in those situations for any housewife, you're on a beautiful trip to Spain. Are you like, oh, no, wait, it's hot potato over to me now? How do you feel in those moments? I mean, I had a feeling that, you know, she was like coming for me because I called her out. And I want to be clear, I was never going to. 
I was never going to mention the doctor thing because like I'm just like quiet. I didn't want it. But she just I just felt like she kept like coming for Sutton and using it against her. And it really bothered me. And then once she accused me of the ED comment, I was like done because I'm like, that's too far. Cause that's actually like my, like now I get how Sutton's feeling. Like that's my health issue and it shouldn't be made fun of. So, you know, but I'm like, Oh man, like she's really coming for me. I mean, and she just didn't relent. I mean, it was just yeah. nonstop. And I find that interesting is that, you do not pick these fights in these shows, but you actually will defend yourself. And I think that's what we want to see from you and you are doing, but it's not a comfortable position, especially when, like I say, you are a reliable narrator in this show. Um, did you expect to get that from a new cast member? Because I think sometimes new cast members kind of like get the lay of the land and she threw herself directly in. Do you ever feel like sometimes you get picked off because people think you are potentially weak? Um, yes, I'm sure that, you know, when you look at sort of the scale of all the women, I can see why, you know, cause I'm always smiling and I'm a bit quieter. So I, I get that. Um, but based on when Anne-Marie started the show, I'm, I'm not surprised, um, because she really came in hot from the beginning. So, um, and you know, she was very clear. She's like, I have a lot of opinions. I want to get them out there. But, you know, I'm happy to defend myself when I really feel like I need to. But it's interesting watching back when in the next morning when Sutton's like come, she came to my room and she said, you know, you need yeah. to defend yourself. I was already watching myself. I was already sick. And so I remember I was like, Ugh, I can't. Oh, I can like, tell. You were just like, you know what? That's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very was uh, kind of a little later, bit of awkward. Right. So two hours later, I'm in the hospital. So I'm sure my blood pressure was already you know, out of whack by then, because I, I don't even remember that moment. So it's weird to watch back. Cause I think yeah. I was so sick then, but had I not been sick, I probably would have gone in harder, but you know, whatever. no, I mean, that's, I, I feel like it, that's, it, you did exactly what needed to be done. Also, there was a possibility that, that a ghost entered your body because the Spain, yeah. uh, Airbnb is potentially haunted. We found out last, last week. It was haunted. Like you can feel <laughs> it was haunted. I'm not like down with that. I just, <laughs> and I just said, I'm appreciative to be here. Thank you. Please leave me alone. <laughs> do you, do you, do you feel a difference this season? We came off such a contentious last season where we had certain cast members that are no longer there going so hard in the paint. Did you feel a little bit more, or did you feel that the groups, the group dynamic was a little bit more relaxed and you were able to have a little yeah, bit more I mean, fun the group dynamic will always change. And when you have um, such strong personalities, like the people who are on it and been there for so long, you know, they sort of drive how, how it's run, you know? So it allowed a little bit more space for me to be myself without, um, you know, it's just dynamics change. So yeah, I definitely felt more myself. Yeah, and it was interesting because Erica Jane has had a stronger season than she's had in years. You guys have been able to actually, it seems like, not relate to her, but actually get along with her much better than in previous seasons. Um, as a viewer, the one scene I would have loved to have been in is that THC dinner at Kyle's. Was that as wild as we saw on the screen? And being in there in person, what was that like for you to watch all of that go down? Yeah, that that it's so funny watching it because I remember feeling like an audience member. Like <laughs> sometimes I'm in it, sometimes I'm like really like engaged in it, and then sometimes you're like you have to. And anyone that says otherwise is lying. Like yeah. if you watch the show, there are moments where you're like, I'm on a set with these people because this is 
so crazy. And like, this can't be real life. And then I kind of get back in. I'm like, oh my God, these people are acting this way. Um, so no, it was wild. It was intense. And um, yeah, I was just sort of like, like sitting in the stands watching these people just yeah. No, it was it was so fun to watch, but I you, then you were like, oh, that's an actual real thing that took place. Um, and actually, my my best friend Nancy was there, and she was like the only person that's like not been on TV on the show, and she just kept looking at me like, who are these people? And I'm like, it was so fun. Like she was my reliable narrator. You know, yeah, just well, Nan- Nancy it. was like, I do not want to be on TV ever again. If this is what it's like, it's too much. Um, your relationship with Sutton seems stronger than ever. And I love that we've seen that progress from your first season where it was at until now. Uh, have you met Santos? I have not met Santos. I wanted to during filming, but for some reason it never happened, but, um, I'd like to meet Santos. I'm not like, I don't know if I'm going to get horse people coming at me. I'm not like a huge (laughs) horse. There's like horse people. Um, I'm just not like used to horses. So, but I would like to meet Santos. But she was telling me all about, like, I remember we were on the plane and like he was on the plane being flown over. And I'm like, how rich are you? Like who, who can fly like horses on (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think in terms of like watching Sutton kind of blossom in terms of the show as well? How do you think Sutton has grown in your opinion? I mean, you are friends with her now, but have you seen her grown, grow into this role on Beverly Hills? Yeah. And it was nice. It's like, when you asked me that question, I really think about like my friendship has grown while she has grown. So like when I met her, she was at a really like hard time in her life. And I feel like, and we've talked about it. I do feel like she took it out on me and, but I don't know if she knew she was, you know, I don't think she was like like really understanding where she was at, but watching like the next episodes and really her coming to her own. I'm like so proud of her. I texted her. I was like, you really like have shifted and, you know, I'm happy to be her friend during the shift too. And I think that's why we're so close. Yeah, no, it's really actually an awesome friendship to watch Blossom. Now, moving on to Dorit, one of your other cast members. Now this, you know, she said a really cutting comment that we all know that I think we all were like taken aback by because it was a shot like off in a talking head where she said something that I thought was really cruel and didn't kind of take into account any of their own personal relationships. Did you watch, when did you watch that? Did you watch that when we all watched that? Or did you know that shot was coming? No, you don't, you don't get to see anything until it airs. And so that was a confessional. Um, so I only saw it, you know, a day before you guys saw it. So that what, that's why I clap back on my social. Um, I just felt like there were so many things you could say, um, in response, especially she was responding to hearsay. So, you know, you can clap back at me. Like that's part of what we do. Um, but I felt like it was unwarranted First of all, because half the cast members got married younger than I did. Yeah. And second, there's cast members that have a much wider age gap than me. So it felt very targeted in a way that was unfair. Um, and also, like, don't come for Rob Minkoff because he's like the goat. Like, he's like perfect. Dude, so. I had a conversation with Rob and it was one of the funniest, like, kind yeah. of chill conversations. And it was very yeah. interesting to like, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, like, he's so chill about all of this. And I'm like, oh my God, what about this? And he was like, yeah, like, it's so <laughs> chill. I just thought that was so interesting. It's like, yeah, don't take shots about Rob. Come on. Yeah. He's like, he's way, another. I get it on the outside. Like we have a 20 years age gap. Like it's, that's all fair game. I totally get it. We've been together over 20 years at this point. Like 
we've proven ourselves, you know, so it just feels like, but that particularly that, that comment felt not right. It felt very loaded. And I did not like that at all. And Rob's not a crazy guy. The craziest we see Rob is his dancing in certain episodes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's the craziest we get with Rob. He's wild. He's wild on the dance. <laughs> He's wild. Um, so uh, I also back to the, the Dorit thing really quick. Would we potentially be able to see any resolution with this? I think sometimes Dorit doesn't know how to sometimes effectively communicate and she just doesn't know the right things to say. So she goes sometimes harder than I think she even realizes. Uh, you know, is there resolution with this potentially? Um, I'm going to be annoying. I, you have to watch the reunion. Oh, the re- oh good. That's very, oh, that's very, that's very good. It's very good. I'm lame. I'm lame. Well, Sorry. listen, I mean, this reunion we know filmed last week and it seems like from, you know, the, the, the Vumas, as Meredith Mark says out there, it seems like the wildest day we saw Andy posting that you had a sushi boat for lunch. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Then we heard rumors about Sutton and I was like, did she eat bad sushi? People were like, oh my God, they had an airlifter out of there. What do you think about in terms of the, hysteria you are getting the biggest ratings on bravo this season that your show like i mean just juggernaut but what do you think when it comes to like people like me or memes and all that taking and just spreading rumors is it upsetting to you do you get a kick out of it because like i've heard i've heard insane things about this reunion already sure i mean i my first season the re like i remember reading i was like oh my god what they think this and what no i think it's like it's all for fun at the end of the day and um, I just, I'm fascinated by people's fascination because like, <laughs> I, like I watched the show before, but like, I think more like middle viewer, just like watch it, turn it off. I, this whole world is so crazy to oh, me. Oh, Crystal, you don't even know. Like, I really I, don't. I, <laughs> I was like up till three in the morning doing a Vanderpump rules recap. And I just, at the end, I was like, what am I doing, man? Like you're a grown man. Like what is, what did, what does your life become? But at least you're like monetizing it. Like, well, like there's value in that. Like, I don't know. Listen, I'm, like, I'm not selling this podcast at Costco, like your coconut water. Like this is, I mean, like I'm like, come on. Maybe I one like day. Set up like a studio at Costco, right in the front, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Uh, but no, I just think it's wild. And, you know, people are like entertained by it and they get to sort of like get whisked away in like the fantasy of it all. And, you know, like let them, it's fun, you know? And then, I don't know. It's like almost like a mystery, like a murder mystery of like what actually happened. Um, well, kind of. After this season of Salt Lake City, like it felt like that was like one long mystery. And then even Beverly yeah. Hills, you guys have that aspect this season because we already knew about the Kyle Mauricio relationship where there was a lot of mystery around that. And we yeah. do know the cameras picked back up. Um, in terms of Kyle this season, going in, did you immediately see a different Kyle? Because you had Eagle Woman at the very beginning and you had that Kumbaya moment. Did you get a sense of how different Kyle had become this season just working with her? Yes, because that was, you know, Eagle Woman was the very beginning. And, you know, we, I felt like she and I had like unfinished business after last reunion. And I, I brought it up. They didn't show it um, there. And she just was like, I'm sorry, let's move on. Like she was totally different. And I'm like, that's yeah. not the Kyle that I've known for two years who was like quite combative with me for no reason. But she was like, checked out, like checked out in a way that was not, not checked out of the show, but like she was, something else was on her mind. 
Well, because she's, she's yeah. going through tons, which we see on the show. I yeah. love that the show puts context to what she's actually going through. And I'm like, man, we, we all go through some sort of trauma and it kind of makes sense, but you do see a very different Kyle. And I yeah. just wondering like, well, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, do you want to come back for another season after all of this? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. This is the first okay. year. Yes. Okay. That's because I remember talking to you last year and it was like, uh, I don't know if it's worth it. I have my own kid. I have my own life. I have my family. And that's what I was hoping that you would say is that you would want to come back. Yeah. I mean, I still have all that, but you know, I, it was just, you know, I'm sure every year it's up and down for everybody and depending on how it goes, you know, for me, I, I, I enjoyed it much more this year and, um, yeah, I would love to, I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't, I'm not gonna do it forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to sign a lifetime contract right now, Crystal. But I would uh, I definitely want to come back next year. Yeah. Uh, also, it was very uh, enjoyable this season that we didn't really have a lot of leaks like we've had in certain other seasons. So a lot of this, even though I knew kind of like building block storylines, I didn't know the specifics. And I think that actually makes your guys's job that much easier that we can actually be surprised when these things air. Um, when you're going through this, I mean, is it turned into a game of like the traders? I always say housewives have turned into a survivor like competition show. Do you feel that of like, I just got to survive the season. I just got to survive the reunion. Yeah. I, I, well, I felt that way before. And now that I've gone through this season, I realize like, I don't need to feel that way anymore. You know, like, because as long as I'm, I'm myself and I'm honest and like, none of it matters because I know I'm being honest, you know, whereas before it was like, it felt that like, and I don't know if it was the dynamic of the group um, that made me feel that way. But, uh, you know, they're still like, you know, they're, these women are tough. <laughs> and you're tough too. You're I'm competitive too. too. Yeah. I'm tough in a different way, but um, you know, I will say I've gotten tougher. I, my skin is a lot thicker. <laughs> next season you just come in all leather smoking a cigarette like let's go ladies let's go i would love if you just free um so uh wrapping up this season do you think there's any big misconceptions that the audience is not seeing in regards to who you are this season um you know obviously it would be nice if there was a like a little bit more about my business or people knew that about me that like you know, because I think that's hard for Rob. Like Rob, he's like wants so much for the world to see, you know, sort of a whole more whole picture. And also like, you know, for him, it's like, oh, am I just like, I think he also feels it reflects him, right? Like he's just like taking care of me, whatever, which he, by the way, does. But um, just that there's more, but by the way, every year more is revealed. So that's okay. You know, you just got like, there's only so much airtime and um, but other than that, no, I mean, is it all of me? I feel like you are, you know me much better. Yeah. It's not all of me, but it is a part of me. It's a real part of me, who I am. Uh, but now that I know it's, I have to give more of myself and show my relaxed self. And because um, I'm like really the funniest person on the planet. And like, people just <laughs> that. so like that's on me. That's not on anyone else. So. Well, also you're uh, you're you're a self-proclaimed what it not debutante. You're a self-proclaimed uh, what what, what is it? What do they call socialite? You're a self-proclaimed socialite, according to Anne Marie Wiley, which I thought was hysterical. Um, no, this has been such a joy seeing you this season. As we're in our last couple of minutes here, um, I do want to commend you for your performance and staying there. Uh, in terms of your brother, though, I mean, 
your brother had a really strong scene with you where he was like, listen, I'm my own man now. Um, where are you with your brother? And, you know, where is he with his relationship with his ex? So um, my poor brother, like I really like he really <laughs> gave himself up to like ex- sort of expose like his personal life. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting sort of take on what it happens like in a Chinese family that went through COVID and stuff. Um, he is with someone else that he loves very much and she's lovely and they're in Asia right now. And um, he's he doing good. He's doing really well, but he doesn't tell me too much. So we talk about work. That is actually <laughs> weird, hard on me. It's weird. Like I'm like, cause I, I feel like I can't pry anymore. But I'm committed to not prying and I'm committed to like letting it yeah. out for himself because he is my older brother. He is a year older than me. And um, I just wanted to be happy. And that's really, he knows that. That's it. I like that one-two punch of your mom and you actually kind of like over, I thought that was very, uh, you know, relatable in certain ways. And I hope his happiness as well. Uh, lastly, are you on a group text with all the Beverly Hills housewives after the reunion? Was Did anybody leave the chat after the reunion? So we're all still on it. And the <laughs> S12, but la- or S13, last year, someone left within like a minute that we rock the reunion. I bet I can guess. Um, And yes, we're still on it. It's, you know. Okay, good. That's good. We want to move forward, especially with you in the off season. Also, if you get a chance, go to Crystal's basement. She has the best parties there. After the direct TV, Kathy Hilton thing, she had like a who's who of like every housewife you could possibly imagine and celebrity in her basement. Was that shocking for you to have all of those people in your basement? It was a random thing because, uh, like Larsa lives on my street. She's like, do you, you want to drive together? I said, pop over before for an hour. And then just ended up being these random people. Rob literally came down. He's like, who are these people? <laughs> Poor Rob. I was like, you're on Bravo. He goes, are they, are they housewives? Like he had no. <laughs> Who's yeah. Larsa Pippa? Yeah, no, that's amazing. Cause they're, they're legends. Like that's like the Mount Rushmore of like people in your basement. And I love, that's what I love about Rob. Like, it's just like, yeah, man, whatever. Uh, like, also drink. He's like, he had no idea who anybody was. Um, also I told Rob last time, but please remind him that I'm trying to option ugly leather pants as a character for a cartoon that he does. I think the ugly leather pants would be a great cartoon that he makes. Um, Crystal Kung Minkoff, you're going to Mexico next week. What is in, what's your plan for the off season? What are you looking to do? I know you're involved in charity and things like that. How do we support you besides the coconut water? I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a champion for the Alzheimer's association. So that's something that's dear to my heart. Um, as you know, my father passed from that. Um, no, I mean, supporting real cocoa is amazing. You can find it anywhere and we're just so proud of it. We're going to roll out some new products this year. I'm going to start a YouTube channel, cooking channel very soon. I've been filming a lot, so I have going to, can you, can can I come be in it and you teach me how to cook like a sandwich or something like that? That would be amazing. Yes. We'll put, we'll put it up on Betches. It'll be great. Um, uh, Crystal, I know you have to go to your next thing. I just wanted to thank you for always making time for me and this show. Uh, it really does mean a lot. And I know I try not to be ever like friendly with, but you are just one of the nicer people that I've met doing all of this. And that's why uh, I just am so proud of you and watching you go through this show and keeping your head up when certain people say wild things. So I can't wait for your reunion. I can't wait for this week's episode. And thank you, Crystal. I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. 
Thank you to Crystal for coming on. That was fun. Now let's get into a recap. Let's have fun. Let's be silly. Let's go into the weekend with a little bit of positivity as we completely make fun of these women. But in a, we'll try to you know reveal some greater truths as well, potentially. Um, you know what I was just thinking after watching The Traders and getting so pumped up after watching it? Is that good TV brings people together. You know, even Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, even Vanderpump Rules, when it's good, it really is so exciting. It's so fun to talk about. It's so fun to laugh about. It's so fun to hear other people's thoughts. I mean, I, I read so many uh, of everybody else's thoughts, and it's so exciting. Even when I disagree, it's just fun that it gets people going. I mean, there's so much misery out there that it is fun when we can all kind of band around a show get together, you know, shoot the shit and, and just, I don't know. I just love it. Love it. Love it so much. It is just truly one of the best things in my life. And I think for some of you, it's the same way. So, wow, let's, uh, let's, let's chop it up. Let's have fun. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, yeah, I realize I've been wearing the same hat now for like weeks. I need to get a new hat. I love this fish lid. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I kind of grab and go and also, I don't get to read all my YouTube comments, but I did read one saying, oh, no, it looks like you're growing your beard again. It's not that. I just don't really think a lot about my appearance. In fact, I just try not to think about my appearance and just go with the flow. So, yeah, I'll probably shave it down. I don't know. I don't know. Everything's I just I, I watch a lot of TV and I talk about it. And, and speaking of that, I can't wait even for Monday's episode. I mean, people say I release a lot of content, but I do. But there's so much to talk about. Like the thing is, I could release four more episodes tonight if I had the energy, because there is even more stuff about Vanderpump Rules I want to talk about in regards to their after show and information that's come out and Tom Zanzival dating somebody new. And I mean, there's just so much. There's stuff going on on Real Housewives of Miami, Lisa Hoxstein's. Uh, wild performance on that boat. Um, so many things to talk about, and there's just not enough time. I mean, there just truly isn't. Ah, oh, so, but that's good. It's a good problem to have. Um, so anyways, this is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I want to thank Juliana Carroza, who took the fabulous notes on this. Uh, Laura Beth Harp took the notes on Salt Lake City. She is now retired for the season. Uh, she was so excellent. We did a Patreon conversation last Friday, me and her, and just had a blast. And hopefully Juliana Carroza will come on at the end of Beverly Hills season and do a wrap up with me about this season of Beverly Hills. And I got to tell you, taking notes is just, it is the shittiest job out there. Um, and I was doing it again for Vanderpump Rules. And it just sucks because it, it makes you hate the characters even more when you are having to type out exactly what they're saying. It is just I remember the days when, you know, I could just watch with my, you know, just eating a block of cheese in my undies on in the bed. You know, <laughs> by the way, this is how sad. By the way, talking about my appearance, this is how sad it's gotten. Um, Factor Factor Meals is one of the sponsors on this show. And they sent me like a box of factor meals and it's really actually good. Cause it's like two minutes in the microwave and it's actually really good. This isn't an ad, I swear, but it's really good. But I just spilled a big thing of Parmesan chicken over under like on my shirt. And then I went down to record right now. And I was like, do I change my shirt? Like it was even that bad where I was like, and I was like, oh, come on, man, get a, get a grip on yourself. Get a hold of yourself. Yeah. Change your t-shirt doofus. Cause I would just, I I'm just, yeah, just spill. Yeah. I'll save that for later. Sure. No problem. But anyways, Juliana Carosa, thank you so much. As always, this is season 13, episode 14, aches and Spains, LOL 
aches and spains. Did you see what they did there? Pain, Spain, because they're in Barcelona for uh, their trip. This is the second episode in Barcelona. And where we left off last week was Crystal Kungminkoff was having a medical emergency. And I think, and what Crystal said, listen, Anna Marie Wiley, I, I know you've been having a rough go of it lately, but listen. I mean, you did come for Crystal. And you also, I want to remind everybody, said, oh, you should be thanking me for making your ass relevant again. Like, I'm sorry. I don't feel bad when people say shit like that to somebody else. You almost killed poor Crystal. Are you kidding me? But I am sorry if she feels like she's getting a rough go of it. But it is interesting because these reality shows tend to bring out some part of your personality or persona that I would imagine other people in their real life have noticed but never have really fully called them out on. And so when you put that in front of a mass audience, it becomes really apparent and all of a sudden they are hit with so much truth because what i've said even if you are getting a bad edit usually the camera by some weird alchemy can pick up the truth behind your eyes can pick up what's going on out there so it's got to be hard sometimes to be hit with how you might carry yourself in the world and how that's might how that might not actually work when you actually put that out there and realize, oh, there's some real issues. And there's two ways to go about it is doubling down, which Anna Marie has seemed to do this season, or actually learning from your behavior. And that's always why it's interesting to see these housewives come back for a second season, even though I don't really want Anna Marie to come back. But it is interesting to see if it does change them. Now, she was on Watch What Happens Live this past week, and she was softer. She could tell she was really excited to be there. But still, the uh, anesthetists and the CRNAs and all of these medical terms, you know, you're fighting with like boards and stuff. It just feels like more doubling down. And it's it kind of, Tom, well, I keep using Tom Sandoval, but it's just, it's one of those things like he's doubling and tripling and quadrupling it down. And at the same time, he's trying to put out this thing of like, no, dude, I am sorry. I love her, dude. Fuck her though. Like you can't say that in the same breath. So there is a certain type of person that just is so rigid in terms of any, like in terms of ever admitting fault, because in their mind, they think it's admitting defeat and admitting fault isn't admitting defeat because life isn't completely win or lose. There are so many shades of gray and there are so many opportunities to learn. And you either take these, uh, take these like kind of real big hiccups in your life as a chance to learn, or you don't. And we see with Tom, you know, with that Nick file interview, it seems like he is not. And also you know, I would say that for that eight months that he was sober, it seems like that potentially was better for him than um, to start drinking again. Because now I've heard a handful of stories about Mr. Sandoval drinking outside of anything on camera. And all these stories, you know, they don't seem they don't seem good talking to the people that have talked to him when he's been drinking. And I just hope he would actually consider until all of this blows over. Um, to maybe continue on that path, because when you drink uh, and, and things are going wrong, it, it makes you become more indignant and stubborn and, and bad things can happen. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's my PSA for tonight. OK, here is the description of this episode that the cable company gives us. Heart's race after Crystal's medical emergency. That's a very clever turn of phrase because she had high blood pressure. Uh, but nurse anesthetist Anna Marie comes to the rescue. That did, oh, cow. I, I hate to be all negative, Nelly, but comes to the rescue. I mean, she sat with Crystal for a second. Listen, it was like Patch Adams. She put on a little red nose and was like honk, honk. 
Uh, Dorit opens up to Garcelle, allowing the two to finally move forward. And then Erica gets tipsy ahead of dinner. Now, right off the bat, I, I, ain't, I ain't too proud to say that Erica getting tipsy at dinner was, for me, my favorite part of the episode. It was great. And when Erica is drinking and she's not, in, she's not feeling threatened because we've seen her plenty of times, including last season in Aspen, you know, like fuck off, fuck it, victims, fuck you. Like when she drinks and then comes at the victims, it's not a good look. Um, but when, when she drinks and she doesn't feel under attack, it actually leads to some really funny scenes. And I don't know what that even means when I say it. I don't think I'm encouraging drinking, but I will say if somebody's drinking and they film it, it usually sometimes turns out to be entertaining to watch because, you know, Vanderpump rules, you know, pretty much everybody in the cast is not drinking except for uh, Tom Schwartz. Right. And I mean, I'm sure Sheena can knock back a beer or two. But wait, you know what? Now that I'm thinking, have we ever seen Sheena shit canned wasted? Ah, oh, I should have asked her that the other day. Damn, there's got to be. I'm, I'm, it's escaping me, but I, I'm curious. Have we ever seen her out of control wasted? Anywho, um, also, did you see The Housewife and the Hustler Part 2 on ABC is coming out soon? And they use like the Bravo docket and Kate Casey and uh, Kiki Monique, like you great talking heads. I'm really excited to see that. And we get to see a little bit of Erica with the victims as well. So I'm really curious how that's all going to be out there. And remember, there is new information to be talked about because Tom Girardi, we did this news story a couple of weeks ago, was found competent to stand trial. We are getting a Tom Girardi trial. He was found competent by the courts to stand trial. So there is lots of new information to talk about in regards to this story. But overall, though, I'm saying this like I said it with Tom. When Erica Jane starts hammering down on, I need apologies to me, I think that is completely the wrong route to go. It starts making you uh, completely unlikable again, because at the end of the day, even if you weren't the one feeding the clients, you were still spending the money from those misbegotten funds. And you were still, you know, at the end of the day, your intentions were still shady just because you knew the marriage you were getting into. You might not have known he was a full-blown criminal, but like you weren't on some kind of moral high ground to begin with. So when you want people to then kiss the ring and apologize, it's like, just be happy they're not talking about you anymore. Just be happy with the fact that, you know, things are little by little going in your favor. But when you then expect people to kneel down, bow down, kiss this ring, this and that, it is not, it's just like Timberlake. It's just like, why, why? You're escaping you're escaping the claws of death in certain ways. Just appreciate that. That is your reward. That is your apology. Like, did people have to apologize to OJ Simpson when they found him not guilty? No, no. OJ Simpson was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm free. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, like just be, I, I don't know. That's the part where Erica loses me. Like, I will never be a full-blown Erica Stan, but I'll also be able to say when she is enjoyable. But when it gets into that kind of shit, when she had a couple lines this episode even of like, I'm still upset. People aren't apologizing to me. It's like, are you kidding me? Just be thankful you are here in Barcelona right now. Being able to, to get drunk off the sweet nectar next to Sutton, who has a person's uh, uh, cremated remains next to them. That is a little slice of heaven. Okay, we start off as we always do with scenes from previously on Real Housewives of Barcelona. We have Sutton, all the women. 
do you want to come to Barcelona? And then Sutton to Avi, like, I'm bringing Moose. Moose. And we found out that uh, she's like, I looked up to Moose. And he was a god. I want, I want to release these ashes and make that a really meaningful trip. I say, I say. And we find out that Sutton, you know, one of her mentors was this, this iconic uh, dance choreographer, dance teacher, um, just this amazing, legendary man was somebody that you know that that really helped her when she was coming up in New York. Uh, which I thought was fascinating. I, I didn't really know much about the gentleman until this episode. And then I was just reading uh, certain articles about him and his dude, John Cage, and all of this fascinating history. He really was the shit. I mean, amazing. Then we have a scene with Kyle at Sutton's boutique anniversary from earlier in the season going, I would like to fix things with you because I care about you. And Sutton's like, me too. And then Sutton and a talking head like, oh, we said some really terrible things. I say, I say. And one of the things in the flashback was Sutton going, well, you've already lost two sisters, Kyle. You want to lose a third? And Kyle going, go fuck yourself. And then Sutton and a talking head going, well, we're both going to have to start our friendship anew. I say, I say. I do want to say also that I realized my sudden invitation at this point has gotten not even close to anything that she actually sounds. It is completely an that, by the way, friendship anew, just the, the invitation is anew. Uh, then we go off to Barcelona. Kyle's taking selfie videos. I'm like, you guys excited to be in Spain, even though I didn't bring my bestie Morgan Wade. And then we at Villa, we met the uh, young chef Storm. He's like, I am Storm. I am your chef. And Garcelle's like, we can tag team him. And Erica's like, anytime you want. Which, by the way, that scene from last week is still creating a lot of weird nightmares for me. Erica then in a scene is like, the district court reverses the bankruptcy court's turnover order regarding the earrings. And then Garcelle and Crystal are just like, okay, cool. And Erica and talking head's like, I do need you to acknowledge that what I said would happen is happening yes sure but also we do have to also agree that the legal system uh is a very wild and wacky place it's not sometimes uh that uh you know what I'm saying. Anyways, now Crystal to Dorit in a scene is like, do you think that I would call myself a socialite? Because we had that whole toss up where Anna Marie Wiley is saying that she met Crystal originally at a party where she thought of herself as a socialite and said all of these people were dummies and she was smart. And Anna Marie's like, but it goes back to like, and Crystal's yelling, let me ask her the question. And Anna Marie's like, you're acting like a hormonal teenager. And Crystal's like, then in a, the last scene of last week, I need to get out of the car, look at my veins. And she's like, what's happening to me? And son's like, you're going to be okay. And if not, I won't throw you off with Moose's ashes. And then Anna Marie in a talking head's like, Crystal needs to be taken to a hospital right now. And Kyle's like, I'm going to call 911. Now, the episode opens with bouncy music, even though we left off there. And it's like, and we see an amazing Barcelona scenery. And then Crystal, we're back on her. And she's like, I just feel dizzy. And Anna Marie's like, squeeze my fingers, squeeze on both sides. And Crystal's like, they feel tingly on top. These are like stroke-like symptoms. And Anna Marie's like, we are going to get somebody here. And then Dorit in a talking head's like, She's gray. She's sweaty. She looks like PK. <laughs> her hands are swollen like like the king's. Her veins are raised. Beep, boop, boop, boop. What if something is truly wrong with her? And then Dorit's like, in the scene, she's like, 
you're supported. Everyone's here. Do not worry. Which is great because then like five minutes from now, they just leave Crystal and go on a shopping trip. Anna Marie's like, we're going to get somebody here for you really, really soon. Okay, let's go lay in the van. Garcelle and Anna Marie help Crystal up and they walk her to the shade of the van so she can lay down. And Anna Marie and I talking heads like, this is not just a lay down and drink some ginger ale and walk it off kind of situation. It is just not. And Crystal is quietly crying. She's like, I'm so sorry, you guys. And Anna Marie's like, no, Crystal, it's not a situation to feel sorry about Crystal. And Dorit's also trying to reassure her like, oh, honestly, Crystal, when we know you're okay, we will sightsee. Which, like I said, they did sightsee five minutes from now. Like, I don't even think they fully, really, like, made sure she was okay. Anna Marina talking to her is like, but, like, given that Crystal repeatedly insulted and degraded my profession, which is just not, I mean, like, my God. Now is not the time at all. Are you kidding me? All these flashbacks again of... Crystal saying, did you go to medical school? Blah, blah, blah. And then Anna Marie continuing a talking head. The irony of what is happening right now is literally shocking. No, it isn't, Anna Marie, because you aren't doing dick except for like just being a general, generally nice person. Like, my God, it's not like you're like hooking her up to an IV or anything. You just said you got veiny hands. Anna Marie to the ladies like, I don't want her to get up into a hyper intensive crisis or something and then stroke out, which is always a good thing to say around somebody that's actually in that situation and is already deathly afraid, like thumbs up. And she's like, you know, sorry, not like that would ever happen. (laughs) Dude, once again, maybe you shouldn't have been a dick the night night before. We hear uh, sirens, the ambulance comes and Eric is like. Okay, here's the ambulance. Here we go. Okay. And uh, two technicians from the ambulance begin taking uh, vitals on Crystal. And at this point, I'm shocked Erica and Garcelle aren't like, let's tag team them as well. You got it. You go first. Crystal is reciting her blood pressure reading. It is 177 over 108. I am about to do a my own blood pressure, but I don't, I'm scared to do that. Um, so Anna Marie is, by the way, the normal blood pressure is 120 over 80, they say. And Anna Marie's like, here you go. Uh, they're speaking Spanish and they're like, the pressure is high, very high. And Anna Marie's like, do you want me to go with you? I don't want to leave you by yourself. I'll go with you. And the women all listen to productions concerns and suggestions off to the side. And I guess it was decided that none of the ladies would actually go with Crystal. Now, Sutton to Crystal is like, well, we're going to let you go so you can get treated. And so we can all make paella together. Yeah, I love it. They're like, we've got to make paella. OK, let's just let's just try to make the paella. Well, I love you. I say I say it's like, yeah, I love you, too. And it's like, Crystal, I'm sending you a big hug and kiss. You need anything? <laughs> Whatever. Just text us. Like, Wow. That. That's getting the blood pressure down. Like, uh, okay, we uh, we need to get her on some saline and we need two hugs and one kiss. So the ambulancia uh, goes down the street and Sutton's like, well, let's go into the chapel real quick. Go light a candle. And Erica's like, I've already done this. I've already prayed to the saint. I've already done this shit. Spoken like a true religious icon. Uh, just like, I've already done my prayer. I'm not double praying. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm Uncle Jane. And Sutton's like, well, but we're all going to do it as a group. So we're going to do a group prayer. I would love to have just been a random person in that church praying. And all of a sudden the housewives come in. Anyways, we get a quick flash of 30 minutes earlier when Erica was inside the church, dipping her finger into holy water and burning a hole in her forehead as she touched it to her face and a smoking hiss rose out of her ears and nose. <laughs> 
Juliana, by the way, put that joke in there, and it is so. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Anyways, Garcelle goes, okay, well, maybe we don't say shit about the church. And son's like, yeah. And Eric and I talking to Ed's like, I've had a chapel in my own house. I've been doing this for years. And then uh like it's like she yawns. And it's like, once again, religion is not supposed to be about this. And also the fucking fact that you had a chapel in your mention just shows how fucked up it all was to begin with. And also prayers don't work. Obviously flashback to 2019, Erica giving a tour of her house to um, that friend of that used to be on the show. What's what, uh, fucking Oh, Freddie, Freddie Mellencamp. And uh, she's like, welcome to my chapel. Crazy, right? <laughs> So Anna Marie's like, why are we cursing at church? And Eric's like, we're not cursing at church. We're cursing in church. I'm Erica Jane. And Dorit's like, what did church ever do to you, Erica? And she's like, a lot. And Anna Marie's like, oh, were you raised Catholic by any chance? And she's like, yes, I was. And Anna Marie's like, me too. And then Erica chuckles like, <laughs> and Anna Marie's like, I feel you, girl. Erica and a talking head's like, I'm Catholic, baptism, confirmation, married in the Catholic Church, and there's no one here with clean hands. We're all sinners. Do we need God? Yeah. Is he coming? Certainly not for this group. No. Cheerful. Uh, Garcelle inside whispers, it's scary to go to a foreign country hospital. And Erica's like, I feel bad for him, but we're still going to go shopping. And Garcelle's like, well, me too. And something to the group's like, well, so I think we can light a candle for our intention. And Dorit whispers to her, is it okay if I don't light a candle? And son's like, yeah, you don't have to light a candle. Dorit and a talking head's like, the Jewish people don't pray in churches. I can set an intention. It doesn't have to be in the church. It can be out of the church, around the church, but setting in intention. You can do while brushing your teeth. And by the way, this talking head made me think, oh my God, I need Dorit to write a self-help book. of like, you don't have to go to a church to set intention. You can do it while you're flossing. The ladies take a seat. Kyle kneels at the pew and prays. Uh, some are lighting candles. There's intense music too. It's like, oh, it's kind of like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Girl, like, oh, and son's like, oh, let's light one for my dad. And son in a talking head reveals, she's like, being in a church is always a great way to get closer to God. And being closer to God for me means getting closer to my father. Um, she's like, you know, people talk about suicide and in the Catholic church, you go to hell. But I was raised Presbyterian, so I believe that he is not in hell. I think he's with God in heaven. And I will say this, you know, um, in just terms of, you know, I was raised Catholic as well. I was an altar boy, confirmed all of that's, you know, my actual full name. My confirmation name is Ryan Kyler Michael Bailey. And um, I do not go to church any longer, but I will say I would always go on holidays with mom and, you know, for the big ones. And uh, I would go back again just to feel closer to my mom, you know, like it would be something. And, and when I do go to church next and I will like I what I do and my dad will always remind me too. Like when I was in New York, go into St. Patrick's Cathedral, light a light a candle like like, like they're doing here. Um, you know, I've done that a couple of times and I will continue to do that for the rest of my life because sometimes the traditions actually make you feel closer to that person that you miss so much. Anyways, Erica and Erica mumbles. She's like down on those knees. Fucking weirdo. What? Like Erica, we get. Yeah, you're horned up. OK. And Anna Marie's like, I can't right now. Oh, my God. Erica audibly sighs out loud and bored. I'm like. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, boring. Eric and her talking heads like, my intentions in life are to pick up, pack up, pick up, rebuild, move forward and be prosperous. I'm happy to appeal, win in my favor, but I'm still hurt that no one has really come over to me and say, hey, I apologize. Did you want him to do it in the church? Did you want to be like, hey, we just lit this candle. By the way, I uh, just wanted to say sorry because you keep filing appeals and one of those actually went through and you're going to probably lose that. But anyways, big apologies. Uh, we see that reality blurb headline, Erica Jane wins appeal over $750,000 earrings after her diamonds were auctioned off to repay victims of Tom Girardi's fraud. What happens next? And then we have a flashback to that argument in 2022 in Aspen with Crystal going, there's dead people that that's money that's stolen from. That's a fucking fact. It's like, no, it's not. You're not letting the legal process play out. And sometimes I just feel like the legal process is sometimes really there to help the innocent or the wrongly accused. And sometimes it's there just to help people. Ah, you know what? Anyways. Ugh. Anyways, Erica goes, well, they hurt me the most because I care about them. I don't think Erica truly gives a rip about these ladies, except that it is her livelihood to be around them. And I don't think she cares about them in a general. Uh, I, I think she cares about them in a general sense. And I don't think they hurt her the most. I just think they were the ones that actually had the most visibility in terms of talking about her case. And that's what hurt the PR aspect of it. Anyways, Dorit is outside. What an amazing place to have a church, you guys. Woo! Sutton and Kyle remain inside. And this is actually a beautiful scene. Sutton whispers like being involved once, you know, it, you know, being involved, you know, it, it gets me. A friend of mine dreamed about my dad the other day. My father said in the dream for me to know that I was right, that he was tired. And Kyle's like, your dad was tired. A psychic told me, Loreen, her friend that uh, passed away, is telling you that she doesn't understand what's happened to her. So now they're both sharing these experiences also through psychics, but you know, still really real experiences for them, you know, for Sutton, you know, her dad said he was tired at the end and for Lorene, she doesn't understand what happened to her. And I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. Did it mean like she doesn't understand what's happened to her, like where she's at in the afterlife or why she got so depressed in the first place that it led to her death. Um, Sutton's like, well, here's the thing, Kyle, you're never going to get those answers. And Kyle's like, never, I know that. And Sutton's like, well, just know that she's at peace now, you know, that that's the focus. And then it, this is beautiful. She puts her arm around Kyle and she's like, I'm sorry, I haven't been a better friend. And Kyle's like, you have been a good friend. That's okay. I love you. And then Sutton goes, name them. Name how I've been a good friend. Name them. Name them. No, she doesn't. And I've just made a horrible joke, which undercut the powerful aspect of this scene. Like it was really, truly a moment where, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is all bullshit acting like this is about female friendship. But then you see a scene like this and you're like, no, you, you do kind of believe in it. And you do realize these are real people and going through real struggles and like, yeah, I'm a softie, especially this year with everything that's happened. But this was a very real conversation to me. And it reminded me like, you know. I can only relate with my own experiences. Like you relate to it with your own experiences, but like, that's what I keep thinking. Like, okay, mom, my mom's at peace now. My mom's at peace now. Um, because of these last couple of weeks, it was, it weirdly raised its head again, like the, the grief part of it. And I just keep having memories of things that I had forgotten from that last week when she was and just, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's just so weird, right? Like, ah, I'm not going to, okay, let's move on. Um, 
Anyways, and Kyle's kind of patting Sutton's legs. Really beautiful moment. And Sutton's like, I hate fighting with Kyle. So to have this moment and start to really rebuild our friendship means everything to me. And then she's like, I adore her. And she really, you can tell she means it. Um, even if sometimes I think she shouldn't adore Kyle, she does. Um, Kyle on a talking head says, I care about Sutton a lot. And I was very hurt by the question she was asking about my marriage. So I'm happy to accept her apology and move on because I'm much happier with our friendship being in a good place. Yeah, we always want things to be moving forward, right? Nobody wants to be stuck in a position of anger and hate. But I will also throw out there that Kyle was angry about the questions because there was actual stuff to be questioned about. And, you know, that's part of being on the reality show that sucks is that you do get called out on shit and she didn't want to get called out on shit. Anyways, that's done. And son's like, okay, y'all, let's go to lunch. Oink, oink. We're going to go to Barcelona. Fuck Crystal. If we have time, we're going to the market, maybe some shops. We'll see. How about that? And now they're driving in a sprinter van when Anna Marie gets the call. And I bet, you know, like this is one of those things like, you know, they had to tell Crystal's story. So I wonder if producers like you call right now, you call Anna Marie right now. And Kyle's like, oh my gosh, Crystal, how are you feeling? And Garza's like, how are you feeling? And she's in a hospital bed with a drip and a mask. And uh, she's like, well, the anti-nausea medication definitely helped. And Anna Marie's like, good. Then what are they giving you right now? And Crystal's like, they're giving me a prescription. And Anna Marie's like, I know what that is because I'm in a medical field that I... <laughs> anyways they're all just like glad you're feeling better okay okay and uh chris is like okay i'll see you soon goodbye feel better and now they go to old town barcelona we see statues buildings all beautiful they're dropped in poble espanol and anna marie's like look how pretty this is though and dorit's like wow now we see a street musician playing guitar and singing and greets them and as they unload at the sprinter and his name is manolo and he is their guide. He's like, welcome to the Pueblo Español. It was built for the World Fair in 1929. You can go to the best place in the world for the Catalonian food. And all the, you're like, woo, yay. And Dorit asks his name, like, por favor, habla inglés. You know, Dorit, a child of the world, can speak every language. And he's like, Manolo is my name. And Dorit's like, como? Como Blanc? Como? And <laughs> like Manolo Blanc, it's dumb. Anyways, Manolo is leading them down the narrow streets, we see all these floating umbrellas, all, you know, all the ladies are just really in awe. And Kyle's like, donde esta Hermes? And it just kills. It gets a huge laugh. Uh, and Kyle's like, when I travel to a new city, I like to find out where the closest Hermes is. And that's the center of town for me, which is kind of sad when you think about it. It's not any of the beautiful sites. It's like, where's the expensive store here that uh, is similar to the expensive store I go to Beverly Hills. For me, though, it's true. I always look for like the Old Navy. For me, that is the center of any town I go to. Um, so they arrive at the restaurant and, uh, you know, they're all sitting down and Manolo is like, gracias, gracias. And he's blowing them a kiss and leaves. And Garcelle's like, he is such a character. I'm going to fuck him later. Uh, she did not say that, but I do love that now I'm getting the sense this season of how horned up Garcelle is like, I mean, the comments fly a little free. Like I was like, Garcelle. Anyway, son's looking at the menu. It's like, oh, look at here. There's pork feet. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. There's pork feet. Yeah. And then <laughs> Erica, you'd love pork feet. Yeah. Oh, we got pork feet on the menu. And Erica mumbles like, you should get that. Um, they all order alcoholic drinks and then Anna Marie's phone rings again. She's like, oh, it's my kids on their way to school. I love you guys. Daddy, I can't see you. And the ladies all laugh. They're like, 
do you say daddy to your husband? And she's like, when the kids are there, yeah. And then Dorit's like, no other time? And then Sun's like, hey, daddy, hey, I'm going to eat some pork, yeah. Eric and her talking head's like, I've never called my husband daddy, but I called a few men lately, daddy. I'm Erica Jane. I'm getting dicked down. First off, that's a giant duh. Like, Erica used to do this all last season with, like, hint around how much she's getting, like, fucked, you know? And this is, <laughs> this is like, a throwback to that of, like, I got a few men. And by the way, yeah, she didn't call her husband daddy. She called him granddaddy. Are you kidding me? Also, I called a few men lately daddy. You probably called him the bank. Anna Marie finishes her call like, I love you guys. Bye. Eric in a talking head throws her head back. And uh, she's like, oh, daddy. Oh, that's like when you're really getting it. Oh, getting so much dick. This I wrote here in the note when I was watching this. I was like, oh, my God. Erica should date Sandoval. Sandoval would be like, oh, dude, it's like the whipped cream thing from Varsity Blues, dude. This older lady that's like, um, she does beautiful music like I do with my band. She has a Vegas show. Could you imagine that? I'm like, yes, Sandoval. Yeah, just use my body. Discover it. Be an explorer. Yeah. Oh, my God. So gross. But just even, you know, listen. I just don't find Erica attractive and maybe it's just because I dislike her personality, but I just are like, I mean, are, are like, is she considered like hot, hot? And also I've said that, you know, like she's, she is very gaunt and especially at the very end with the drinking scene, it even comes off more. Like somebody wrote that she looked like Betty Davis a little bit, um, in, in like all of like, um, uh, what, what, what about Mary, what about baby Jane or anyways, Anyways, Anna Marie's like, let's toast. Let's just think about Crystal and, you know, toast to health and try to enjoy the rest of our day. And hopefully she's back to the group soon. And Garcelle's like, positive vibes. And Dorit's like, love it. And so it's like, cheers. And then Kyle's like, kind of interesting how you guys went from last night to today. And Garcelle's like, I know, I know. And Anna Marie's like, I take my profession really seriously. And it's really like a part of me. Do you know what I mean? And Eric's like, I know you felt very bad not being able to go with her today. Also, Erica. Yeah, I take singing and dancing professionally very seriously. I also uh, take fucking on a man seriously. Yeah, my profession. No, anyway, I just love this is like, a, like, really, like, it was just basic niceness. But like, I didn't think Anna Marie would be a dick to Crystal when her blood pressure is popping off. Like, it's pretty, it's like, it's an easy, I don't know, anyways. Anyways, Anna Marie's like, I did. I felt horrible. Garcelle and I were talking this morning, you know, because last night, the fake doctor and you're not a doctor thing, like, it's just really hurtful to me. And we get a flashback to that with Anna Marie's like, it goes back to like your insecurity thing, Crystal. And Crystal's like, the girl who calls herself a doctor who's a nurse. And Anna Marie's like, see? But I'm sorry, Anna Marie, when you are saying like, calling somebody the insecurity thing, and Anna Marie, even in interviews this week, was like, sorry, Crystal just wanted to have the career that I had. And I'm like, bullshit bullshit that's like like listen when i was a kid i wanted to be an astronaut do i now get jealous when i see astronauts fuck no are you astronauts get jealous of me when they hear the podcast but like no get it give it up like whatever you tell yourself to like move it along i guess but like people have to tell themselves shit like to like make it up for like oh it must be this or it could just be you're fucking annoying like, I'm sorry, it could be just the fact that you called her insecure, called her out, called her a bunch of shit, talked shit, revealed things that you privately talked about. Could it be any of that stuff? Anyways, Erica's like, 
Well, I think that all that uh, is in hindsight. Hindsight now, you know, now that Krista almost died. And Amber's like, yeah. And Eric's like, I can't imagine her ever saying anything like that to you again. And Amber's like, I think you're right. Which is also bullshit. If Anna-Marie does more crazy shit, I hope Crystal calls her out. And then Erica goes, and I think the twist of fate, that's the way life works. You know, it would suck. You know, I just think that's the way life works. My other thought during this is that when they were even having this conversation, I don't think these ladies realize how much the audience would dislike Anna Marie out of the gate. And I think they thought she was going to be a much bigger hit. It, 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 I get that vibe. Even in this, like nobody else truly was kind of on Crystal's side, maybe Sutton a little bit. And I think they almost thought Anna Marie like, wow, she's really stepping forward. And when I saw them do that panel discussion at BravoCon, it was way before Beverly Hills even came out this season. And Anna Marie was like talking all over the place. And I'm like, we don't know you. Like, we don't know you yet. Why are you talking this much? Like, we, we've got to warm up to you. You've got to like, and that's, it just feels like she has main, she has lead character energy. Like she really wants to be a lead character. Uh, Garcelle goes, and I, I agree, you know, like crystal's okay. I'm going to take this opportunity because Dorit and I had um, more than a hiccup and I'm like, Oh no, we're, we're getting back into Dorit and Garcelle. She's like, there was something about how you talked to me, made me feel a certain way. And Dorit shakes her head like, Oh shit. Oh shit. And uh, you know, Garcelle continues She's like, Taco Tuesday, which was a really tough night. I just felt like I left my body sometimes, you know. I just felt like I left my body. And I was like, well, it could have been the spicy food, Garcelle. But we flash back to one month earlier when it's like, Dorit's like, you attacked me. And Garcelle's like, I did not attack you. Calm down. It feels like, you know, back and forth. And then um, back at the table, Dorit's like, when I said that, I wasn't thinking about. And then, then Erica goes, race. And Dorit's like, yes. And Garcelle's like, well, that's my whole point. And Dorit's like, you called me a Karen. And we get a flashback to that lunch three weeks earlier where she does say it feels like an unconscious Karen behavior with you. So back at the table, Garcelle's like, well, I don't think anybody here is racist. And I can just say that. And Erica's like, no, 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 no. And Garcelle's like, well, I don't think anybody here is racist, but there's certain things that make me feel a certain way. My opinion is that you have lived a very sheltered life and you don't understand the walk that I've had to walk. And uh, Dorit's like, I really appreciate you saying all of this. And I feel like Dorit is like, you know, her mind is working a hundred miles an hour. of like, how do I, what do I say? I wish Jagaloo was here to help me. She's like, I want to learn. I know that, know your plight. Just so you understand this little bubble that I lived in what you believe is actually very different. My father is a Israeli. We moved when I was very young because we lived in a town where we were the only Jewish people and my brother and I People were saying anti-Semitic remarks to us, which is really, really very serious. And they show us several photos of uh, Dorit as a child with her siblings, her mother and her father. And Dorit in a talking head continues, some of my childhood memories were being teased and told, you're Jewish, why don't you have horns? I have known my entire life the adversities that I will face, my family has faced just because we're Jewish. And, you know, especially with everything that's going on right now, I mean, you know, so she is, you know, trying to relay her own upbringing and Dorit is like I'm not by any means comparing and Garcelle's like I understand and she's like but I felt it was very much that it wasn't not a fair characterization of me so if there's anything that I say or do that for whatever reason triggers you please tell me please because I will make sure no matter what that I will never say or do it because I never want to do that but in essence didn't didn't Garcelle kind of say that in that scene of like you just called me angry and like didn't she call it out right there 
But listen, I'm all for forward momentum. I'm all for moving forward. And Garcelle's like, listen, I believe that. Thank you for sharing this. And I think that's, if I can say, I know we talk about all the Birkins and the bag and the fashion, but this is the stuff that really bonds us. And Kyle's like, no, it's just the Hermes. No, but truly this is the stuff that actually bonds us. And essentially, like I said, with that scene in the church, this is what it's truly supposed to be about. She's like, hearing your side of it, it's a human experience and you don't know what triggers someone because you don't know what they've been through. Um, but also Garcelle's now had, you know, obviously weeks probably since that conversation. So she's even had time to cool down about it. But I will say Dorit, when she gets put in these situations, whether they be the child bride comment from last week, um, it just, she does not seem to sometimes think before what she says and think about everybody else's, including her own history when she says it. Um, so Garcelle, like, listen, I think we can all learn. And Kyle's like, exactly. And Garcelle, like, listen, I'm still learning. I learned about you today. You know what I mean? I think we're all learning. And then directly to reach, she says, I'd like to get to know more. And at this point, like, are we still like, I, like I said, I'm all for forward momentum. Do we really believe there's more to get to know? I, I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Listen, who knows? Dorit and the talking heads like, I'm really glad that Garcelle brought this up today. I think it allowed us to go far deeper than we have ever before. And that's really going to allow us to have a better, stronger, and deeper friendship, people, which is what I'm hopeful for. I just feel like this is Groundhog's Day. I feel like we've seen this scene with, I don't know. Anyways, sounds like, okay, ladies, I've got, I got my fill of pork foot. My friends are coming to the house for dinner tonight. In a talking head, she's like, tonight, Trevor. Uh, my friend I've known since I was in my early 20s, and we see a picture, is going to come to join us. Trevor and I started with Musk Cunningham Dance Company at the same time, I say, I say. He moved to Barcelona a long time ago, and I can't wait to see him. And he's bringing some of his architect friends, and this is going to be fun for me. And by the way, does 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 Trevor have a little bit of Merce too? I feel like Merce is like Voltron, and there's just little pieces of Merce ashes everywhere, and it's like, we're going to bring them all together and form a whole Merce, and then just send them out into the ocean. The ladies are walking back through the streets, and Garcelle's like, we can't go into any store. And then Sutton continues in a talking head. And I also want the ladies to know that a part of me, that's not his, you know, no, a part of me, that's not this alimony collecting, gala going, vodka drinking, erratic, crazy lady that they think I am, I say, I say. Which, by the way, um, alimony collecting, gala going, vodka drinking, erratic, crazy later, lady would be an amazing shirt. Like Sutton. If you're listening, or if one of Sutton's assistants uh, uh, is listening, um, Avi, if you're listening, make it a shirt. Sell it at Sutton Concept. It's perfect. Alimony collecting, gala going, vodka drinking, erratic, crazy lady. Like, amazing shirt. Dorit to Sutton's like, you taking us out and not letting us shop. You should be ashamed of yourself, Sutton. You're a bad girl. I'm going to give you a spiking like a little jackaloo. And Kyle spies a shop, Abanacos, and runs to go inside. Dorit sees her and grabs Sutton's hands. And they're like, they're in a fan store. It's like these beautiful hand-decorated fans. And I'm sure a lot of the women out there are like, ooh, ooh. But like, I'm I'm sorry, man. This is the kind of shit that bores the shit out of me. Like, I, I just am not good at, I, I'm sure everybody was like, woo. But like, once again, if there was like a comic book store in Spain or something, I would be all like, woo. But, you know, the fans just like, I'm like, what? I just feel like these ladies are looking for any chance to spend money possible. Anyway, son's like, I'm going to put you on a timer. How about three minutes? 
it would be great if it was like supermarket sweep then and Kyle's just frantically running, trying to spend as much on her Amex as possible. Kyle and I talking heads like, well, I can do stuff in three minutes with Morgan. Wink. <laughs> no, she did. She goes, I can do stuff in three minutes. Trust me. You should see me in my gas station. I don't, I know my credit card by heart. So I can just boom, be done. She's now mentioned shopping at the gas station multiple times this season. <laughs> it truly worries me. Like, does Kyle not just have a shopping obsession, but an actual spending money at a gas station problem? Dorit's like, the reality is I have a good eye. Look at PK. <laughs> no, by the way, I do have to say this season in a talking head. Maybe don't say you have a good eye when your talking head look is completely. It's uh, to me, not one of my favorite Dorit talking head looks at all and would kind of go against having a good eye. She's like, in three minutes, I'll be able to see exactly what I like. Wrap it up. Pay for it and be out the door. I was about to make it. Nope, I'm not going to make that joke. That's not right. Sutton and Italian Ed's like, well, I've been shopping with Kyle and Dorit before. And we get a flashback to them shopping at Warp Speed. And um, Sutton continues in Italian Ed's like, well, if I don't put a time limit on this, we're going to be here for the next week. Oh, and I'm full of pork feet right now. I can't. I got to go to the bathroom. Garcelle, Erica, and Anna-Marie catch up and see them. And Garcelle's like, oh, I knew they were in there. No, I want to go into the jewelry store. And Dorit's like, Sutton, this fan is over 300 years old, just like PK. It is beyond. Dorit and her talking head's like, who doesn't need a hand-painted antique fan? And she flicks her wrist and the antique fan is there. She's like, I do. In fact, I need seven. And she pops open seven gorgeous hand-painted Spanish fans valued at 353 euros. She didn't buy just one, folks. She bought seven. Seven fans. Seven fans. Is she going to auction these off? Like, what? Is this at the next Homeless Not Toothless? It's just a collection of Dorit fans she signed? Anyways, Kyle's shoving rings on her fingers. Like, is this cute? And son's like, two minutes and 15 seconds. Come on. Uh, Garcelle now is being shown a silver necklace at Majorica, the Majorica shop, the Majorica. And uh, there's a large dog tag type pendant dangling on it. She's like, I'm going to get this. And it's 155 euros. And the clerk's like, well, we take American Express. And Garcelle's like, no dollar. And Erica zips over. I have it. I have it. Come here. And so Erica pays her. She's like, yeah, pay me back later, sugar mama. Sugar mama right here. And this, by the way, you know, like it would be great if later in the season, Erica's like, I did you a favor with my Amex, and now you got to do a favor for me. You got to be a character witness in my trial. Or Erica just sues her for money later on. Erica and I talking heads like, look, I like to shop. I just keep thinking, you know, you need to be budget conscious, but I really would love for someone to come in and give me like a hundred million bucks right now. Like Tom Girardi used to do. Um, she's like, I need to inspire someone to steal for me again. Yeah. Anyways, Garcelle goes, I'll put out later. And Erica's like, please don't. Which is like, Erica, yes, and or go, yeah, we installed that chef in there. Back at the other shop, Kyle's frantically holding up a bikini top the size, you know, like just like a really tiny little Barbie doll bikini. It's like, I feel like this would fit me. And so it's like, come on, we got to go. Come on. And Kyle's just like grabbing things. It's, I mean, she's like, oh, my God. Um, and then Kyle and I talking to her, like, hi, my name's Kyle and I have a shopping addiction. I mean, we are like joking about it, but it really it does feel like she might have an issue, which that would be a great season 14 storyline for Kyle of just like Amazon coming after her for like non-payment. I needed all those ring lights. The ladies arrive back at Catalina Via and go look for Crystal. 
and Crystal is just on bed. And Erica is shrieking, oh my God, you're back. And Garcelle goes, oh my God, you're loud. And so they're like, what'd they say? And she's like, well, it was just high blood pressure. And they put her on me- medication and she lets us know her family has a history of blood pressure, high blood pressure, hypertension. And it's something that she struggled with and she didn't realize it could get to this point. Um, and her doctor got involved. Rob called him. She feels just super lethargic right now. And Anna Marie's like, I mean, your body went through a lot today. Yeah. And it went through a lot last night when you gave her shit. Uh, Erica's like, let me tell you something. We were worried for you, honey. Yeah. We, sh- we shopped all down. Well, man, we were shopping just with our, our worries away. And Erica's like, it's okay. You made it. You made it. Because Crystal starts crying. And Anna Marie pulls her in for a big hug. He's like, you did great. You did great. And Crystal's emotional while talking that. She's like, it was scary. You know, my dad always told me the signs to watch out for with a stroke. Some people can't come back. And I've never been faced with like my own mortality. How could I leave my young family at 40 years old? Like if that happened to me, I really appreciate Anna Marie being there for me and putting aside all our differences in a moment that was truly what felt like the bottom for me. But I just, I just want to be okay for my family. Yeah, totally makes sense. And, you know, so everybody's like, you're back. You got to take it easy. She can't drink tonight. And Eric's like, we'll drink for you. And she sure did, folks. And Kyle's like, I can't drink either. Join the club. I'm abstaining. Yeah. And then Erica goes, oh, my God, the sober Susie's. Now we round Robin with all the ladies getting glammed for tonight. Remember, Garcelle brought her glam squad. She's like, we're making paella tonight. And her makeup artist is like, I hear the paella is very authentic. It's not what you're expecting. And Garcelle's like, really? Be open to the paella. Okay, that's a good tip. And then Sutton's in her room. like, well, I think this lip color is pretty. You like it? And the makeup's like, I love it. And Sutton's like, it's making me in a better mood. And the makeup artist is like, yeah, you guys had a crazy day. It's like, well, it is mercury in retrograde. I say, I say, we didn't do anything to deserve this. It's just the shadow is cast over mercury and it's going it's going to start turning around. I say, I say, I feel like we as a nation, we it's just like the overuse of the word vibes. Like, oh, that's the vibe. I'm feeling the vibe. Mercury in retrograde. Like, I wish I could go back to the time when that really started catching on. Like, I know it's an actual thing, but just like when it like, what was the thing that got it in everybody's mouth? And now it's all we talk about. And every time my stomach hurts, I'm like, oh, it must be Mercury in retrograde. Uh, Crystal is getting ready. Takes a FaceTime call from Rob. He's checking in on her. And uh, she's like, I'm going to rally for the paella. Uh, paella. They're doing a paella making class. And Rob's like, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. And I've been drinking water nonstop. He's like, good fluids. Take care of yourself. It's just like a nice, normal conversation. Then Kyle is finishing her glam and she gets a call from Mauricio and guys like hello she's already kind of you can just tell like every scene with Mauricio is like it's already like an uphill like an uphill battle for Mauricio like and he, he's like hello love being hello and he's like it looks dark out where are you I uh I love I'm still in the car love being I'm, I'm barking I'm barking and we just hear you know like glass breaking and you know him hitting people with the car and uh there is a loud screeching noise, actually. He's like, wow, where are you? He's like, can you hear me? Can you? Like, I can. Are the girls good? The dog's good? Uh, the dogs are great. The girls are. And the phone cuts out. And she goes, this is an annoying FaceTime call. Of course it is. I'm going to call Morgan. Clear reception there, baby. By the way, you know if Morgan had bad reception. She's like, I'm Morgan Wade. It's bad. It's dark here. Oh, it looks sexy dark where you are, Morgan. Thanks, Kyle. I was just doing a sexy song about touching toes and fingertips together nude. 
Oh my God. I can't wait to hear it. Oh my God, Morgan, you're cutting out, but it's so cute when it cuts out. Oh, I love it. I can watch you cut out over this reception for days. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I will say though, it is so much more fun to talk about scenes or made up scenes in my head with Morgan and Kyle than it is the reality of the Morgan Mauricio scenes. It's just so much more fun. Cause you just, you just sense that tension. Like I've been there. We've all been there with somebody, right? Sutton is ready. Leaves her room. She's like, ah, I'm going to bring Moose with me. I'm going to bring Moose. I got to find my friend. And they actually show Moose in this little, little, you know, box thing. And it says Moose Sutton's friend, the Chiron comes up. And she's like, Jesus, Lord, mercy, Mary and Joseph. And then we go to Erica's room and she's getting her makeup done. And she whispers. So no one hears. She's like, so now we're going to have to entertain some friends out here with the paella cooking. Sutton described them as erudite. E-R-U-D-I-T-E. Anyway, that means sophisticated and educated. And they show us, uh, the Chiron says, erudite, adjective, having her showing great knowledge and learning. And Erica's like, whatever. And then Sutton's walking down the hall holding Merce and going, Y'all gonna come to dinner. Oh, come on, I say, I say, let's go. And Sutton like bangs into a wall and she walks by Garcelle's door and attempts to knock using Merce. And she's like, oh, don't use Merce and knock. Oh my goodness, what you doing, girl? Garcelle, Garcelle, I say, I say, come on to dinner. Erica is still getting glammed and muttering to her makeup artist. And she's like, she, she shouldn't have talked to me about those earrings. Reversal of fortune, honey, I told them. More bullshit. Anyway, the camera focuses in on the drink that Erica Jane is holding because she's getting agitated, had a couple drinks, and you can just tell it's like little spiraling, you know, little cocky. And the makeup artist is like, well, that's how it how, that's how it be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that is how it be sometimes. Yeah. And they again focus on the drink in her hand, which is you've got to imagine these cameramen just like really great work when they can even tell what's going on and see what's going on and go, yep, going to need to do an extra shot of that drink. I see where this is going. Anyways, Eric goes, bottom line is I'm drunk. And the makeup artist is like, yeah, you're drunk. We had lunch. I had an absolute. You guys came over. We had more drinks. And she's gulping her drink. And now I have to go in this courtyard and pretend to be. And the makeup person is like a paella making master. Yeah. I don't even fucking know how to make a bacon egg and A bouncy song plays as the guests, uh, the erudite guests come up to the villa. Going up, going up, going up, up, up tonight. And we see Trevor, Sutton's friend, helps the erudites out of the vehicle. They're literally labeled erudites on the Chiron. And Trevor is laughing. He's like, Monica. Well, I got to actually listen to his voice again because I did a good imitation earlier when I was watching it, but I got to remind myself what he sounds like. So Trevor is a trip, Sutton's friend. Uh, He's like, Monica, Monica, Monica. Okay, we're going in. Hey. And Sutton's inside like, oh, I'm sorry. I like this bag. She's fumbling with her purse. I'm the worst. And she gets up and hugs Trevor. And so it's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I say, I say, did you bring these beautiful people? Yes. Sutton and her talking to it's like, I haven't seen Trevor in a few years. We're just going to get in trouble together. I say, I say, it's how I learn words like conflama, which means conflict and drama. And then Sutton goes down the line hugging and kissing all the erudites. And Sutton continues in the talking head and, and, and focaccia. 
you know, which is a Yiddish for fucked up. And uh, she also learned uh, from him what teabagging means. And teabagging, let's uh, look up that definition together as a family uh, definition of teabagging. I hope this doesn't put me on any watch lists uh, or any more watch lists. Okay. Teabagging, a container of thin paper or cloth holding a measured amount of tea. No, there's no way that's what that means. Let's let's dig a little deeper. Okay, here it is. Um, uh, let's get let's get the kids away. Okay, the act of placing one's testicles in the mouth of another person, often repeatedly raising and lowering it like a person dipping a tea bag. Okay, perfect. Now, I think we all knew that, but it's good. It's good just to just to reconfirm what that is. Like I learned what teabagging was. <laughs> I also taught what that was to Santos. Anyways, the producer's like, uh, what is your opinion on teabagging? And son's like, well, um, you know, uh, I'll say, I'll say, well, I'm not opposed to it. Sutton, are you saying you are not opposed to somebody teabagging, somebody lightly placing? Uh, I even feel I'm just blushing even think Sutton, you take that back right now. Anyway, Sutton takes her guests up to the courtyard. There's a beautiful table set up, 13 people, bartender waiting to serve. And Sutton's like, it's so pretty out here, isn't it? Right after I talked about teabagging. And uh, Trevor's like, what do you want? And Sutton's like, well, you know, I think like a martini would be good. And Trevor's like, Dorit and Erica come down. He's like, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Erica, I'm afraid you're going to topple over. And Erica's kind of unsteady in her heels. Been drinking. She's like, I shall not. What is your name? I'm Trevor. Oh, you're the one I've been hearing about like crazy all these days. Nice to meet you. We've heard so much about you. So much about you, Trevor. So much about you. And suddenly she's a beautiful soul. And Dorit and the talking head's like, how can you tell if Erica's drunk? Sutton, you're a beautiful soul. But it's true. I was like, oh my God, I'm stroking out like potentially Crystal did. Because I was like, is Erica calling Sutton a beautiful soul? And Erica's like, I was just saying nice things about you, my darling. And Dorit continues in the talking head. That bitch is lathered. Lathered, I say. Hoo-hoo. Anyways, Erica's like, where's your cocktail, Trevor? You should go ahead. And no, you go. No, you should go. No, you're the guest of honor. You should go. No, you should go ahead. And Garcelle and Crystal come down. Hello. And Erica's like, You look beautiful, Garcelle. You look beautiful too, Crystal. Kyle comes down with Anna Marie. They mingle. And Erica's at the bar with Sutton. Is this a vodka soda? It sounds like, Oh, you like those? And then Chef Storm, the hottie, strolls out in the courtyard like, Hi, ladies. Hello. And Eric is like, Storm! Storm! And Storm's like, we're ready for you. And Garcia goes, you guys, everybody, let's go. And we meet Servius, Chef Storm's father. He's man in the paella grills. And I was already like, oh, here we go. A potential HR violation, you know, because we're going to have a lot of bad, like, bad, like, fucking the dad and the son jokes. And I was right. And Garcia's like, hola, how are you? And he's like, good. How are you? Have you ever had paella before? First time? No, first time. You know, I was like, oh, I, I was just praying that Garcelle wasn't be like, I'm a paella virgin. You're taking my paella virginity. Anyway, Storm is also at the grills. He's like, well, we also have squid, monkfish. And Garcelle's like, and how long have you been cooking, Servius? And Servius is like, oh, for like 30 years. And I was a chef in the beginning. And then Storm would always help me. He's my son. And Garcelle's like, oh, I thought there was a resemblance. I love that. <laughs> and Crystal's laughing because she's seen Garcelle flirt. And Garcelle and Italian Head's like, 
I could see myself moving to Spain, learning the language, being with Storm's daddy, and being a stepmom to Stormy. I may need to burp him or breastfeed him. <laughs> Weirdo. What? Man, I like when women uh, talk like men who drink too much Red Bull and read Maxim Magazine back in the 90s. Another female guest of Sutton's friends come to watch and is asking questions. And Garcelle tells Crystal to trip her, like trip her. And Eric is like, show us your cock. Yeah, I want to see a dick. Most of the guests are gathered around and Servius is preparing the paella while he narrates. He's like, this will be a seafood paella. And that's a vegetarian one. I always really enjoyed cooking. And now it's loads of fun as well because I can cook with my son. And Sutton calls out to Garcelle, well, we got a father and son. And Crystal's like, she's way past that. And Garcelle's like, we got to talk. And Crystal's like, Garcelle called it. And Garcelle's like, I called it. Sutton and talking head's like, I mean, Garcelle probably win. Her bosoms are bigger than mine. Father and son teams are like bigger bosoms, you know. Oh, I could I could throw a little bit of I don't mind a teabagging scenario, but I, who knows? I got must to worry about. Must is in my puss right now. My puss. My puss. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Crystal's like, Garcelle, I heard you had a good conversation with Dorit. Oh, I did. I did. And we flash back to that conversation. Um, and then to, to another side, Eric is like, you know what you did tonight? And Aaron Murray's like, what did I do? You let your profession run over your personal shit. And it was really nice to see. And Anna Marie's like, always. I always do that. The Hippocratic Oath. No, I mean, once again, I'm like, she was nice to I mean, Everybody did the same amount of doctoring on her. Anyways, we flash back to Anna Marie walking into Crystal's room and giving her a hug. Anyways, Crystal and I talking to is like, Anna Marie was amazing today. I really sent a, saw a kind and generous side, and it really makes me want to move forward in our friendship and start fresh. I felt like they knew things weren't going well for, for old Anna Marie, and so they had to get a bunch of nice comments in here and things like that. Also, Anna Marie said in an interview this week that the reason she was six episodes in because they called her in a month after filming started. So I'm wondering if that's A, true, and B, did they, did they think they weren't getting enough good stuff and so they had to add somebody at like after they started filming um but uh yeah then the two chefs putting the finishes in touch on the uh the paella and uh son's like it's steamy this food is so steamy it's so ladies it's horn dogs and son calls out everybody is ready and trevor's like i brought him out He's seated on the ledge. And he means Merce, who's in a baggie in a box. And Sun's like, you got to go get him off a ledge. You go get Merce off the ledge. And Erica Garcelle's like, Crystal, she's back from the dead. And then Dorit Trevor's like, you did it on purpose, didn't you? Putting Merce on the ledge. Kyle, left to put on a jacket, returns and sits at the last seat at the head of the table. It's like, thank you for joining me this evening. <laughs> and then Dorit Trevor's like, so I fully expect you to divulge. Every single dirty detail about this one. Give me all the teabagging stories you have. And Trevor's like, she was so mean to me. I was really nice. I try to get her attention. I throw paper clips over my shoulder. And she would say, Trevor, stop it now. In that southern drawl. And Garcia's like, we've heard that, Toad. <laughs> and they have a flashback to Sutton telling Dorit, like, let the mouse go. You had your fun. Let it go. And then another scene of, like, who was in on the joke? Raise your hand. That was with Kathy Hilton and the shots in Aspen. And then, of course, the Sutton to Kyle. Name them. 
Name them, name them, name them. And then Kyle exploding, let me talk, Jesus. Then Trevor at the table is like, Sutton always acted like she was in charge, even though she wasn't. And Sutton's like, me, I was 26 years old. And Trevor's like, Sutton lived in Brooklyn. And then Erica goes, Brooklyn, what a dump. And Kyle's eyes bug out. Sutton and Natalia goes, well, I was poor in New York City. I would go to those places and buy like a $5 dress. And I, I worked and I was truly independent, I say, I say, and I loved it. And they show us photos from the time Sutton was 27 with her friends. I mean, like when you're 27, you don't even realize how magical a time it is. Um, Sutton at the table, like uh, Trevor would arrange parties for the company in the studio. Dorit and Natalia Ned's like, I like hearing about young Sutton. Well, I was a studio manager. I was like, we cannot have shoes on the studio floor. You and you can picture Sutton being 27 years old and kind of bossy and like, we don't rule break around here. Dorit continues in a talking head. She was not always very wealthy. She just likes to pretend that she was. <laughs> Dorit knows about that. Hey, oh, Garcelle's like, so Sutton, you haven't met Christian yet? And Trevor's like, yes. And Garcelle's like, Oh, you had met Christian. That's Sutton's ex-husband. Sutton's like, well, I was dating Christian. And we see photos of them. Christian's face is blurred out. Wow, he's really adamant about not being on the show. Kyle's like, she met him at 14 years old. And Erica's like, 14? Jesus Christ. Jesus Jesus Christo. And Sutton's like, well, we had met so many amazing people. And Trevor's like, it was so much fun being with us. And Erica interrupts, look, can I say something? I know you love Mus, but Mus was in a Ziploc bag like cocaine. Garcelle drops her jaw. Dorit squeals a little. Kyle and I talking heads like, I don't know how many drinks she's had, but Eric is very intoxicated. It's not a good sign. They should have like a special sound effect. It's like, cha-ching, cha-ching, which means it's just good for the show. Dorit and I talking heads like, I'm sorry, but I have to agree with Erica. Mus should not be in a Ziploc. And Kyle and the talking head's like, a little silk pouch or something. Sutton and the talking head, well, this is how people carry ashes, usually in a, a big plastic bag. Like, you know, you get a goldfish. Like, really? <laughs> really? I mean, I did have my mom's ashes, but we had it like a beautiful box already. And that's weird. God, I was thinking about that. That is weird. Because my mom has like a little sleeve at this graveyard where you put her ashes in, but it's in this really nice box. And we put a couple of things. In fact, one of the uh, listeners, Sandra, sent uh, her a beautiful rosary that's actually in the box with my mom's ashes. Um, and a couple of other things are in there too. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's wild. It's, it's wild to think you're, you know. Anyways, uh, flashback to 2017 where Kyle is dealing with her mom's ashes and she's like, why are my mom's ashes down there? Oh my God. Sorry about that, mom. Cause they're like in like, it was in like a glass area and Kyle and I talking head, she's like, I got scared. I've seen so many people in movies with people knocking them over and getting vacuumed up. So I put them in the guest bathroom. It's a very beautiful bathroom. I'm like, that's weird too. Like imagine being a guest at Kyle's, you know, cause I'm sure Morgan doesn't sleep in Kyle's bedroom. Wink. No, but like, you know, Morgan's like, I'm in the guest room. One of those things by the towels. It looks like a lot of ashes, like somebody smoking cigarettes in here. Um, Everyone is in eating delicious paella from the father-son duo. And Garza's like, this is so delicious. And he's like, Monica, where are you from? Which is one of the erudite guests. And Monica's like, Philadelphia. But I like to say in the land where Beanie Siegel is king. And Eric is like, Beanie Siegel? 
And Dreed's like, Bean Sickle? And Monica's like, well, do you guys know who Beanie is? And Eric's like, how fucking yeah, now? And Monica is like, he's a rapper from Philadelphia that I love. Yeah, I actually know who Beanie Siegel is. Part of me doesn't think Erica truly knows or like, I don't know. Part of me just didn't buy a lot of this, but whatever. And Dreed's like, Beanie Siegel. Okay, we got to look him up. Maybe little Jagaloo will like him. Or little Phoenix. And so I'm like, well, so you build buildings in Barcelona, Fernando? He's like, yes. And so I'm like, because you have all interesting things that you do, all these erudite people. I'm curious. And Fernando's like, sorry, you are with the number one architect in Barcelona, which is her. And it is Benedetta Tagliabu, who is an architect. And she's like, he's very lovely. He's exaggerating. And Fernando's like, no, I mean, she is an icon. And Bernadetta's like, you have to go visit Santa Catarina Mercado. And they show us an impressive vista view of a large building with an outrageous, wavy, multicultural art roof on it known as Santa Catarina Market that Benedetta was responsible for. I mean, truly amazing work. And Benedetta's like, Amira didn't say anything about herself. And Amira's like, I will. I was born in Sacramento, California, but I grew up in Beirut, Lebanon, Aleppo, Syria, Rabat, Morocco, and Cairo in Egypt. And Garcia's like, wow. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it really is wild. And Amir is like, my father's Lebanese and my mother's Palestinian from Gaza. And Erica's like, so does that make you Muslim and Christian? Cause Lebanese are also Christians. Now Erica's obviously drunk and you know, she is trying, like she does know some of these things, but also it came across a little bit of trying to show that she's worldly as well. You know, like, well, let me tell you about Muslims then, you know? And uh, Amir is like, yep, Sunni Muslim, because we also have many different kinds of Muslims. And Eric is like, right, right, yeah, yeah, Mexico. Eric and I talking, and like, I'm used to dining and socializing with Erudite via Tom Zerani. I didn't get the opportunity to go to college, so I have a high school education, but I have a genuine thirst. Well, she just has a genuine thirst overall. Just to know things, just a genuine thirst. Erudites, they love to talk, so just ask a bunch of questions. Provided they're not stuck up and not looking out on you, that cool. It is weird. It's like, or maybe just participate in the conversation because you want to, Erica. Amira continues, I'm an urban planner and I work downtown Beirut after the Civil War. And Garcia's like, oh my God. And Amira's like, in the 80s, there was a 15-year Civil War. And Erica's like, right, right. And Amira's like, they worked on a seed bank in in Aleppo, Syria. And Erica's like, coming out of the Fertile Crescent, right? And Amira's like, Fertile Crescent, exactly. Which I was even like, damn. And Garcelle's like, what? Uh, Zoiks? And Erica's like, I was told that Beirut was almost like Los Angeles in the sense that it was the sea to the mountains and the snow. And Amira's like, exactly. And Erica's like, Still civil war there. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal and I is like, I don't know what happens to Erica when she gets drunk, but she suddenly becomes like the world's oracle. like, <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm fucked up, but I do know how to solve a financial crisis. And we would, and we would all, uh, we all invest in 8.3 APR percent bonds. No. Anyways, Amira is like, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Gamran Khalil Gibran, the prophet. And uh, Eric is like, of course, yeah. He's uh, he's one of the rappers with Beanie Single. No, but she says she knows him. And Trevor's like. Who are you? And Garcel's like, it's impressive. And Dritna talking, it's like, it's like watching Drunk Rain Man. I mean, hoo-hoo. I love that Dritna's like, Erica's autistic when she drunks. Sutton's like, well, y'all, this is just a complete pleasure, you know. And she picks up and holds Merce. And Erica's like, Merce, 
is in the pots. Mini Seagull, I'm rhyming. I'm rhyming. Moss is in the pots. I'm sounding tires. And Sutton chuckles. She's like, oh, listen. Kyle hides behind her purse because she's like, oh, my God, this is wild. Garcelle's in a talking head laughing. I could watch this all night. And Sutton continues. Moss has been with me now for over 10 years. As my son pointed out, I can't wait to spread Moss around and hear this this beautiful sea. I say, I say compliments to our chefs tonight. Uh, we scared away Storm and his father, you know, because we were threatening to fuck him. And, uh, you know, and then Garcelle's like, well, I think Storm's father's in my room. <laughs> and son's like, we'll all find out later, Garcelle, right? And Eric's like, when you're finished, give him a Viagra instead of my room. I want sloppy, I want sloppy Garcelle seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cerveza's daughter is cleaning up at the next table, listening to all this. Anyways, Fernando stands at toast like, everybody stand up. And Garcelle's like, everybody stand up. And they all go, Viva España, and clink their glasses and cheers. And son's like, oh, I love that. Erica drowns her drink, and she goes, Good night. Thank you very much. Because, like, just a second ago, she had her head on the table. And uh, cameras are watching Erica kind of stumble. And she's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Because, oh. like, it was a pleasure. It was nice meeting everybody. Yeah, okay. And then Erica's in their room. She's like, Wait, where's Garcelle? Where's Garcelle? was like, I'm in here. Are we getting together? And Erica's like, girl, girl, what's going on? And Erica now has put on sunglasses and she's jumping on Garcelle's bed. And Garcelle laughs like, oh, I don't know what's going on with you. That's a cute room. Can I see your boobs? And Kyle found chocolate. She's like looking for chocolate and she finds it. She's eating it. And, um, Eating my Morgan's theory bit. I wrote this note that I don't even know what means. Eating my Morgan's theory bead for me. Eating my Morgan theory. Oh, maybe eating my Morgan thought. I don't know what I meant by that note. Anyways, Garcelle to Erica's like, I love that dress, Erica. You know what? It's not good. Garcelle's like, it's so good. So get comfy. And she's trying to get Erica out of her room to go change. And Erica is like a fun Erica dance, which is like, we don't even know what a fun Erica dance looks like. So it's like weird. And it's probably weird for all the ladies of like, what the fuck is going on? She's all like happy dancing. We've just seen her like miserable. Garcelle's like, by the way, you surprised me so damn much. How? How did you know all that stuff? And Kyle's like, she was literally blowing everybody's mind. She's a damn genius. Which also leads me to remind people, and myself included, like we throw that word genius around way too much lately. Erica's like, I've been fortunate enough to know a lot of smart people and ask a lot of questions and things like that. And Garcelle's like, okay, well, uh, y'all have to leave because the chef's dad's coming over. <laughs> uh, JK, but not really. Kyle's like, bye. And Erica's like, serious? And Garcelle's like, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I wish. Back in the courtyard, the courtyard, the guests are still mingling before their departure. And Trevor to Sutton's like, you were kind of a goody two-shoe. And so I'm like, well, I wasn't a goody two-shoe. Well, you were not as comfortable in your own skin as you are today. And so it's like, no, no. You have, uh, you have come into your own. And so I'm like, thank you. Well, that's what I always call you, lady. Because I knew you were just going to grow up and be a beautiful lady. It's actually a very nice scene. Like, I really like Trevor. And you could tell it was just one of those nice moments that you hope life gives everybody. Because you can tell it means something to Sutton. And the passage of time, you can see Sutton thinking back to who she was in her 20s in New York. And Sutton's like, thank you. And Trevor's like, you're right where you're supposed to be. And Sutton's like, well, so is Merce. So is he. 
Well, he's right where he's supposed to be. On top of my Doge and Gabbana. It's very sparkly. He would like it. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, ha, ha. And so he's like, well, you got to go. I got things to do tomorrow, Trevor. And the scene fades. Uh, and uh, that was a really fun dinner party. It's a bright and sunny, uh, it's a bright and sunny morning and everyone's waking up. Eric appears into Kyle's room looking pretty rough. And she's like, my head hurts. She's back to being a fucking idiot. I can't spell. I don't know. What the fuck is a crescent? Fiddle crescent. I don't know what. I only know crescent rolls. Kyle laughs. Oh my God, you are so funny. I'm dead. What did I do? Well, you solved the economic crisis. We had a flashback to 12 hours earlier where Eric is like, Son's a beautiful song. Anyways. Mars. Mars of the Mars. Garcelle goes into Crystal's room like, what do you have? And Crystal's like, my machine. And it's her like a blood pressure machine. And Chris is like, I feel good. I feel a little bit slow. I wonder if it's all the medication. And then Garcelle and the talking head says, having high blood pressure is something that you have to stay on top of. And I know that it runs in my family. She's just going to need to calm down. If she gets riled up, that's not going to help. Um, it's still high. It reads 151 over 110. And that's, you know, still high. Garcelle and the talking head says, Crystal just started the medication yesterday. So it takes a while. And Garcelle is to Eric. Garcelle's like, oh my God, Erica, she was so funny last night. And Crystal's like, Sutton was not happy. And Garcelle like goes, oh no, I didn't think Sutton was that mad. Anyways, Kyle sees Sutton in the hall and uh, Kyle's like, oh my God, these are not pajamas you sleep in. Obviously, is that what you're wearing today? And so it's like, no. And Kyle's like, you sleep in those? The pajamas are silk buttoned up with pants that are encrusted with crystals lining the collar and sleeves and edges. Um, <laughs> thank you, Juliana. <laughs> these are perfect teabagging pajamas. Sutton ignores Kyle's questions like, I, got, I deliver flowers in these. And she has a box of flowers in her arms. She pulls out a wreath of flowers like a lay. And son's like, well, so this is the flower of Spain. I'll say, I say so we are going to wear these. And she hands one to Kyle and she smells it. And then when we want to release whatever's inside of us, you know, at the, the must ceremony, we're going we're gonna to send them off into the ocean, these flowers. Think about how many, how, I was thinking about when I saw this, how many housewife ceremonies I've sat through. Like I was thinking about the Jersey one after Teresa's mom passed away and after she got out of jail. Like I would just say all the ceremonies we've seen throughout the ages in, in housewives. Anyway, suddenly they're talking about it, she's like, well, this ceremony is so important to me. I'm going to release Mrs. Ashes that I've been holding on to. And for the other women, I want them to think about something maybe that they've internalized that they need to release. And God, Garcelle's like, I'd like to internally release uh, Storm's dad and Storm. <laughs> anyway, Sutton hugs Kyle. Well, I know you've had a year. She continues in a talking head. I think we've all had this opportunity to share something to bring us closer together. And Kyle's like, I didn't know this spiritual side of you. And Sutton's like, well, yeah, yeah, now you know. I say, I say. Dorit's getting glammed and she's on FaceTime and calling home. It's like, my love, love, I can't see you, baby. Jackie, Jackaloo. You got your game today. How are you feeling? He's like, good, mommy, good. Dorit and the talking head, PK's in London. My mom's with the kids and my kids are fine. But I don't travel much. Why couldn't PK just be home? So at least one parent's home. I would have liked that. Also, by the way, PK did do a real estate TV show in London. So I think that's why he's there. But, you know, it's a... the dog barks and she's like, hello, Pumpkin. Pumpkin, it is me, Dorit, your mother. Ah, oh, he can hear my voice. Anyways, Garcelle's like, our night was good to her makeup artist. We went into the town into Barcelona. It was just nice to see more of the town. And then Sutton is getting dressed. Is like, why am I losing it? Because she's crying. Why am I losing it? And we see a shot. She has like clown shoes on. And her stylist is like, it's okay. It's emotional. I think you're underestimating how emotional this all is. And Kyle comes in her room. What happened? Well, I'm losing it. What's wrong? I don't want to open the ashes. And Kyle's like, wait, 
what are you talking about? What's happening? What's wrong? And she and Sutton hug and Sutton cries more. And she's like, tell me what's wrong. Well, I think that there's a lot of my dad wrapped up in this. There's a lot of my dad wrapped up in this. And Kyle's listening. She's like, I'm sorry. And Sutton's crying. That's okay. You know, when I lost my dad, we spread them in Texas, but we each had like a Ziploc and I lost it. I moved so many times after he died. Wow. She lost her dad's ashes. And Kyle's like, it's okay. It's okay. He's watching over you and he's not thinking about it. And son's like, and Merce and my dad together. And son ended up talking to her. She's like, they're not just Merce's ashes. They're symbolic of my father's ashes. Merce was one of the first people who called me when my dad died with Trevor. So all these things are going on in my head. And son's like, I feel like I'm also scattering my marriage's ashes. And Kyle's like, I get that. And son's like, it's symbolic of a big part of my life. I was so angry for so long about the divorce and it just consumes you. And suddenly they're talking, it's like near the end of my relationship with Christian, I thought it was a good idea if we separated, go into couples therapy together, work on our marriage. Once he moved out, he filed that emoji with the brain that's exploding. That was me getting a call from my husband telling me I needed to get an attorney. And suddenly Kyle's like, and now he's leaving, you know, he's moving and I am yo solo, you know, I'm alone. And Sutton continues in a tongue and I guess I have a lot of suppressed emotions, my marriage, my dad's death, and then Merce. You can't name any more three important men ever in my life, and I got to let him go. And she's holding back tears in the talking head. I'm 52. I have to be the 24-year-old girl who moved to New York. She pauses again. And Kyle's like, being alone can feel lonely sometimes, but also can feel good sometimes too, maybe. And Sutton's like, this is not me. And Kyle's like, I know. And she hugs Sutton again. And that was another beautiful, fucking powerful scene. If you didn't feel something in there, like check it again. Like that, that, like for all my smart ass bullshit, like that actually meant like that, that spoke to me. Like I, 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 that, I mean that, that make that I just, damn. Like I thought that was, yeah, like all of those things they can wrap up into like, and I hope this spreading the ashes is symbolic for like the ashes that, you know, of her fathers that she misplaced and her really, you know, and, and sometimes letting go of things is just so hard. It's so hard. We carry it so deeply with us. And, you know, I mean, it just, even the, the talking about her husband and, and we finally got a little bit more information about that of like, oh, I thought we'd go into couples counseling and then he moved out and then he filed. And, you know, I just, I, I, wow, wow, wow. You know, I mean, it just, it really, it really moved me, but you know, the, these things, everything is wrapped up in uh in grief and i think you know you know what she's 52 53 and she's and and i i get so many nice messages about uh my mom and and everything and and uh you know i talk about this now every week and i know it probably gets old but it is one of those things like you wake up to it a little bit more each week it seems like it kind of opens up a little bit more to you about how you felt or what you went through and you know the previous year of just what a fucking mess like i'm so shocked i was able to and it's not here <laughs> believe me it's not like like i i'm shocked personally that i was able to keep doing the show um but at the same time it was my life raft in a lot of ways or it was the only thing that i kind of felt like i could actually es- express myself or escape from things that I was potentially running away from. And uh, it's just wild. Like, you know what I was thinking about? I I was watching this scene and I thought immediately about how on my phone, and this is something it's like, you see, uh, let's see here. Like you see right up here, my pinned text is my mom. And she's been my pinned text for like years now. And 
it has her picture here. And I, you know, remember when this picture was taken and she's cheersing and she has a really great smile on her face. And the thing though is, is that what I've been debating is removing that off my, you know, my, my pinned text. So I don't see it the first thing when I look at my texts, um, because what'll happen is you'll go to check your text or something and I'll see that. And the human brain or my human brain, there'll be that second where I'll be like, Oh shit, I got to text mom. Like, it'll be like, I've forgotten, but I mean, we're talking like the quickest second where you're like, Oh yeah, I got a uh, busy day. I got to text her. And then you realize, Oh dummy, like, no. And then you kind of get bummed out about that. So I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe it's maybe, maybe remove that. I mean, cause you're not removing the memories and you're not removing that, but you're removing that thing that can like kind of flatten you like a, you know, getting run over by a train in the middle of a day to, you know, when you're not even thinking about it, you know? Um, but like scenes like that, I think that's where the magic of these shows lay. You know, it's like when you can have something where we can make fun of Erica drinking and how ridiculous that was, and then have these open conversations where it actually makes you think about your own life and think about what you're holding on to and think about the guilt that you feel about certain things in your life. And, you know, the, the, you know, marriage is lost and, you know, and I lost the dog, I lost Brooklyn last year. And, uh, it was just like one thing after another. And, uh, I don't know, this episode really fucking did it for me. Did it do it for you guys? Like, and, but uh, like all, oh, like it was silly, meaningful. It, it was really good. Really, really good. Anyways, next week on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the group is in a sprinter headed to the beach. Um, and they're talking about what's a, you know, Trevor's like last week, it was bear week here. And Garza's like, what's a bear? And Erica's like a fuzzy gay man with a lot of hair and muscles. Erica's really killing it this season. And then we have the group standing at the, you know, with the flower wreaths at the ceremony. And she's like, it's been a long time. I got to release the pain. And she pours the ashes over the edge, but the wind blows it in the wrong direction. And so Merce is on everybody's purse and, you know, which is just so, I, I'm so I, I can't wait to see what everybody's reactions to that. And then uh, we have Garcelle like saying something like, you said you weren't sure if you trusted this group. And Eric's like, trust is something I've always said. This is and. And then Kyle to Mauricio in a scene. Where are you off to right now? I have two separate showings, love being. And then Kyle to Dorit going, he has to say yes, because the agency is expanding so much. So if we're having an issue, why can't you give that energy that you give to the company to me? And then Kyle and I talking head going, if there's no effort, then we're not going to end up together. Yeah. So that's where we end it. You guys, what a great, fun episode. I hope you have the best weekend ever. You made it. Have something good to drink, something good to eat. Watch something good. Read something great. Listen to music. Tell people you love them. Kiss somebody with their permission. Dance. Um, you know, take some time for yourself and then meet me back here early Monday morning for an all new pop culture roundup, catch up on all the shows and download them. Just, you know, listen to on in an emergency in a pinch. If your blood pressure goes up, listen to them. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. And I'll talk to some of you sooner over there on Patreon. Thank you guys. Goodbye. So bad. It's good is a Betches media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.